Material Components Episode 41 Pack Your Baggage Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about intelligent items and the adventurers who love them. I am your humble dungeon master, Mike Argoni, and joining me, as always, are my stalwart adventurers. Hey, adventurers, how you doing? Doing good. Good. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, uh, good hey, all across the board. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I am... Olivia and I'm playing. Yeah, but we're here now. Playing D and D. We're in Fantasyland. Fantasy. Fantasy. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I, Olivia. Who are you playing? I don't even know anymore. Uh, I'm. <laughs> Do you want to play Sid? I'll play Tirza. Oh hell yeah! We're not at the yeah. body swap episode yet. Oh dang it! Okay. Yet. Next, yet. Next arc. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I keep interrupting. Continue. Um. Yeah, uh, I'm Olivia. I'm playing Tears of Cloakbear, Child of the Outer Storm. I am Elliot, and I'm playing Cherish Ironstrike, the Tiefling Sorcerer. I am Michael, and I am playing Sid Emberlight, Half Elf Rogue. And I'm Reed, and I'll be playing Grawl, the Hobgoblin Warlock. Indeed. And I would like to begin this episode the same way I begin every episode by asking you all to roll for. No, to ask you if you remember what <laughs> happened last time. Ugh. <laughs> That would be a very cool, like, like, um, fucking, ha- like, the hangover style thing where, like, uh-huh. oh, you just roll for initiative and you have to figure out what's happening. Uh-huh. Um, Writing down ideas for yeah. later. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of, we're at the, Mike, we're at the point now where it's, like, I, I said it out loud and it's, like, Schrodinger's cat. Like, you've either, either had the idea already or I'm giving it to you. <laughs> like, there's no... Collapse that waveform. <laughs> uh... Anyway, last time. What the hell happened? (laughs) (laughs) A lot. Uh, I feel like a lot happened last time. Quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. We had some interesting conversations. It was a walk and talk episode. It was definitely a walk and talk. It was an Aaron Sorkin joint. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Uh, Yeah, we returned a horse. We went shopping. Not a horse. Not a horse. Uh, uh, we sorry, the, horse, the listeners. Horse. The listeners didn't see me do it because they can't see me, and you guys didn't see me do it because I didn't do it. But I'm doing air quotes when I say horse. Uh, um, got it. Mm-hmm. With, your, with the not hands. With the not hands. I'm doing <laughs> not horse with my not hands. Uh. Yeah. There's a bit. Oh. Oh. Okay. And this happened earlier when I was trying to remember what happened last time. The guardian. The the um. Edge masons. edge masons. The edge masons showed up. Yeah. Yeah, they finally yeah. got there. It's true. Uh, and we sat uh, in on a meeting between uh, the the head Sheriff of the edge masons and Sheriff Quill. Yeah. Balthazar Brightheart. Balthazar. Yes, you sat in on a meeting between Sheriff Quell, Balthazar Brightheart, and Jan McFeeg as they planned the cleanup operations around the Realm Scar that you had closed. And thanks to your very accurate information, uh, they will be doing so with aplomb. And all of my future plans for roaming devil bands out in 
the countryside of Blue Gulch are all for naught. Mike. Well, we we do what we can. <laughs> Good on you. Uh, while encountering the Edge Masons, Cherish uh, sublimely avoided any confrontation or conversation with uh, her erstwhile beau. And he seemed to not want to talk to me. So. Oh my like, god. Like the mature adults that both of you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally well, only 19. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, after that, you went and had an, an evening to yourselves. Grawl made some sword decisions. Sid did a little bit of outdoor training, uh, mm. attracting some attention while he did so. <sighs> the fans, you know. It seems as though the fans. you are gaining something of a reputation, at least here in Blue Gulch. Wow. Huh. And Feels- kind of in Stormhaven, too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a bit more infamous in Stormhaven, but yeah. <laughs> but the four of you all told are gaining uh, a reputation as he- the heroes of Blue Gulch, having been mm. lauded for your stopping of the devilish incursion. Mm. Mm. Or at least anyone who believes the mayor is uh, singing your praises. Right. <sighs> yeah. I mean, we did stop a devilish incursion. We did stop. I mean, we did. Like that is true. That's, that scene I mean, from we... Order of the Phoenix where Harry Potter's like, "But I am the chosen one." It's that, <laughs> but with us. Exactly. Uh, uh, but then you had a an evening conversation with the mayor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the mayor, in which you. Decided on your travel arrangements the following day, because mm-hmm. it is on the first day of Ember that you have to make up your minds whether or not you're going to be attending the summit at the Bulwark of Bone mm-hmm. between yourselves, the Old Mage, and various other parties that may or may not be able to help with the current situation of increasing encroachments of outer planes via the Realm Scars. One of those people who will be attending, you found out, is the mayor of Blue Gulch, one Ezekiel von Zarovich himself. Joy. Hey, on the plus side, it means we can ask him awkward questions the whole I plan on doing. We have ten whole days to <laughs> basically change his whole political affiliation. <laughs> so let's get started. I'm just going to try and get him to pull my finger. It is a seven-day journey to the border oh, of seven, from Blue Gulch. You yes. should arrive on the, uh, the 7th of Ember. I don't like how you emphasize should there. That's uh... I can't control what you all do. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to be doing the realm scars in this order when I presented you the map, so that's just that's where fair. we're at. That is fair. Uh, I think we also had a conversation with our our good good warlock friend. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean Grawl? <laughs> I was like, who are you? Talking <laughs> Woof! <laughs> Your words hurt. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> she just meant that you don't count as a party member. 
You're not it's a only threat. threat. It's, 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 exactly. it's only because you're not a threat, though. Oh, no. It's the only Lisa. reason you look down on you. I just keep thinking, you know, I think we know a pretty cool one. <laughs> yeah. Such a bad, bad thing. Um, but yes, we did have a conversation with Grawl. And I feel like we didn't really get anything out of it. No, we didn't really get anywhere. No. I mean... Like, hopefully this means that, like, communication is open now. That's true. We did make him Maybe. cry, so that's a good start. Yeah. You don't know that. <laughs> you oh, know you're right. We not. we don't know. He was definitely not crying, just yeah, like yeah. Soth is not a horse. Exactly. Wait. So, that, wait. Yeah. Other exactly. way around. <laughs> nope. Opposite. Nope. The words are out there. Hmm. Good times. Yep. So yes, in talking to Grawl, you found out about the... Well, over the last two days in talking to Grawl, you found out about his possible destiny to be the the warlord of the Legion of Bone. How being forge bond to this specific piece of armor uh, called a Manica makes him the legitimate heir to warlordship, at least in his mind. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, what that destiny means for your visit to the bulwark, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little up in the air. Yeah. I mean, the old mage promised we'd be okay. This is true. This is true. You know. Stuff She also promised that everyone else would be okay, too. Uh (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No guarantees. No guarantees. We'll burn that bridge when we come to it. Mm Mm-hmm. With a fireball. <laughs> I can do those again. Uh, oh, yay! As you wound down the day, trying to discern what uh, you could of Grawl's pact and the powers that he derives from it, what little information you got was not particularly satisfying, other than knowing that Grawl is perhaps dissatisfied with the arrangement of that pact. Though some mistrust was still bubbling beneath the surface where Tears' cloak was concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Kalkin. Kalkin just went about her business. Kalkin was pointedly silent through all of that. I think she's worried about you. Nobody asked her opinion, so she did not give it. Yeah. Does. We didn't talk about the warlock. Or not, sorry, opposite of Warlock. The Hobgoblin thing in front of her, did we? And like... No, I don't... About the Warlord thing? I thought she was was out. Right, no, you only talked to the Warlock thing in front of her. That's probably for the best. Probably. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) We have some... We're grown-ups, Mom. (laughs) Well, considering her particular involvement with the last... The Lord. last one. That's no, what I'm that's talking what I, about. I'm, I'm just like, yeah, you don't need to know everything. We're taking care of it. But come that night, Grawl had, of course, traversed the Dreamlands and using his powers of augury there, had asked the question about whether or not Mott was indeed the parasite that so many entities had have claimed it to be. And the answer he received 
from the black pharaoh of the silver city was yes mott was indeed a parasite but a parasite on a host that deserved to die could mean anything really yeah and honestly it's just like a badass thing to say mm -hmm. in general yeah it's probably the coolest thing that dude said all day <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> But we find you now on the first day of Ember. It is the last month of winter here in the Tempest Rest Valley. Though, to be fair, you've experienced rather little of the winter, all things considered. Having arrived at Blue Gulch about halfway through the season, and the weather here is unseasonably warm all year round. Mm -hmm. Now, though, you find yourselves rested, rejuvenated, and having a decision to come to. Having told the mayor you would meet him on the north road out of town around noonish. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, can we honestly just leave right now and leave, <laughs> leave we him? Can, we can, you know what? We need another walk and talk. Walk and talk with the mage. Yeah. <sighs> can she do that? I guess get the so. camera get the get the camera dolly. We're doing a we're doing a single take. <laughs> but yes, you know that the old mage was due to contact you this morning mm -hmm. via the words of Rigel Goodbody. Because she seemed to have been indisposed briefly by her time yeah. in the strange astral ethereal hybrid. That you'd found yourselves in the day before. So, the morning is yours, though you're sort of anticipating her word. I don't know what time you all wake up at. Mm. It's like 11.45. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, sounds... don't do that. We need to talk to I mean, you guys can just wake me up. It's fine. Um, yeah. What do what time do normal people wake up? That's the question. I have no idea. Um, yeah, I feel like all of you guys are probably up before me. The normal adventurer lifestyle is to wake up with the sun, but the the sun rise this time of year is very late, around eight thirty nine a.m. Yeah, that's probably when I woke up. Am I still sleeping on the roof? <laughs> that's completely up to you, my friend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, then yes. Okay. <laughs> I I probably brought you like an extra blanket or something since you insisted on sleeping outside. Yeah. The nights are still bitterly cold. That's true. That's a good the, point. You could sleep next to the, the water barrel that is heated by the forge. And that stays relatively warm all night. Is that... Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> sure. Like, I don't know. I don't you? know. I don't know. <laughs> Fresh any, air, you know. If anything, that would be strangely reminiscent for Sid, having slept next yeah. to many yeah. hot water heaters exposed to the elements in Stormhaven that are on the roofs of houses to provide uh, warm water for showers and indoor plumbing. Yeah. Oh, you don't have a little, to do 
Our little Aladdin friend. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's nice up there. Uh, weather's really great in Blue Gulch as opposed to Stormhaven. So, yeah. At least it's not raining. It's not raining. It's not smoggy. You know, so, yeah. It's true. Nice. Okay. So next morning, you all wake up, slowly but surely, getting breakfast in yourselves. You know that... The old mage's ritual occurred at 6 a.m. this morning, if things went according to schedule. If not, you'd have expected a small apocalypse first thing in the morning. And since that didn't happen, well... We're all good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and also the ritual happened, like, presumably at the other times the day before as well. True. All all true things. As you do, Kalkin is busying herself. She seems to be packing. Mm. Mom, are, are you going somewhere? And she'll look up brightly and say, Yeah, I'm coming with all you. Uh, Do I you mean, know that we're traveling with the mayor? Is that yeah. is that fine? That's sort of the reason I'm coming. Ah, uh, gotcha. You're going to smush him if he gets out of line. I mean, which would be very fun to watch. Um... <laughs> I mean, we can ask the old mage when we talk to her, but I I think this might be an invite-only kind of thing. Oh, she'll be our plus one. Yeah, no, you no. just you That's get true. a plus one. We yes. have saved the valley several times. We probably have a plus one. They owe us at least that. Honestly, Cherish, I'm not quite sure where you're going or what you're doing. I just think it's probably for the best that if I come with you this time. Oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> you don't know where we're going. Um, that might be part of the problem. Um, hey, guys, if the old mage calls, um, just I'll, I'll come in and I'll, I'll come and join you guys if... If if this takes a minute, Mom, um, can we go talk about something? And she's giving you a very steady look, a uh, little implacable. She's got that look about her where she's clearly keeping her emotions like tamped down. But she'll say, "Yeah, sure." Are we in the forge right now? Or are we inside? Uh, you were inside before. She'll lead you out to the forge. Okay. Seems so... as though it hasn't been lit this morning, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, so, actually being outside for this conversation might be a bad idea. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, actually, like, can we go behind the house instead? Sure, like over by the outhouse and the wash basin? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I hope this conversation doesn't take a long time. I actually have to pee really bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Part of the reason why being outside actually might be okay is because you can't freak out about this because nobody else can know. So she sort of gets a steely look. You can see the muscles of her large jaw slowly working slightly. And she'll say, "Uh uh-huh. We are going to the bulwark of bone. Now, I'm going to give you, like, three seconds to freak out, and then I'm going to explain. And you can 
Give me an insight roll. Okay. Oh, where's my character sheet? I know I said I had that, but... <laughs> but you lied. <laughs> I lied. It was, it was in with arms. It was within arms reach. It's fine. Uh, I mean... I got like a six, so... So you see Kalkin just stare at you for a long, slow second. In basically the same way she stared at the mayor last night while she pried an invitation out of him. And he, uh, she will just, like, stare at you for one second, two seconds, three seconds, clearly counting out the time that you set for her. <laughs> and then she'll say, in a voice that you can all hear inside, WHAT?! <laughs> you think she took it well? I just told her like a funny joke or something. <laughs> yeah, that's how that's, I re that's reacted. That's probably you know, what it know. was. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then she will begin screaming, apparently completely unconcerned with anyone hearing her voice. You are not going to the no! bulwark of Bo. No, that stop. <laughs> okay. You Clearly have exceeded your three seconds, which, not good for your blood pressure. Do you know what that place is? I literally said I was going to explain, so can I just do that? <sighs> three seconds. The old mage is holding a council there. Great, you're still not going. I, yes, I am. Not, uh, No. <laughs> you can't stop me. This is this is where Cherish is coming up against Elliot not actually being able to say no to their parents. Hey, ooh, <laughs> hey. But this is on my mom listens to this. <laughs> Don't put me on blast like that. <laughs> um, uh, this is important to me. It's important to the continued existence of the whole valley. It's a diplomatic summit, and I'm gonna go. No! That place will kill you! Maybe. There's no maybe about it. It's the bulwark of bone, Cherish. It's not the bulwark of shiny, happy kittens or the bulwark of soft, fluffy pillows. It's the bulwark of bones. You know how you get bones? You peel the flesh off of them. Everybody has bones, Mom. Yeah, and those hobgoblins took most of them. To make a bulwark. Why are you being like this? Zenerva has assured us that the current warlord wants to have wants this. There's happen, a warlord. It's a trap. Well, I mean, I just and you see like too. a blood vessel burst in her eye. <sighs> uh, 
And I need you to give me a perception check real quick. Fifteen. There is a rush of hot air that comes out of nowhere that rubs up against your skin. You, you don't know where its source is, but as you see the veins in Kalkin's neck bulge, you just feel this scoriating wind kick up from nowhere. Mom? Cherish? This is important. I... It's also I, important that you not die. I get that. And it's not like I'm going by myself. Are you bringing an army? Tiny one. Cherish. And she's like, you can tell she's like barely holding back a scream. And there's like particulates of sand in the air now. You can feel them like brushing up against your skin. And she'll say, That place will kill you. It will kill your friends. It will kill everyone the old mage drags there. You don't know that. I do. Just because you're worry doesn't mean that, oh yeah, you know. This isn't worry, Cherish. I have been there. I have seen what those... What the hobgoblins do... I have seen how they treat outsiders. I have seen what they use to make that place. When were you there? What are you talking about? This was before your time. There was... was how I met Angela and Sid, not my Sid, not your Sid, and Netta, and it was a long time ago, but it was a dangerous place, we shouldn't have been there, but we got in, and we got out, and it was only by the grace of whatever gods are left that we managed to survive. Well, that's clearly different for several reasons. And, like, you can see there's a tightness in her clothing now that wasn't there before. It's almost as if she's growing physically. And that hot wind is still streaking past you. You can feel the sand on it now. Scoring the area around you. There's a heat to it. Uh, can I make an arcana check? Sure, but first you take one point of fire damage. Was it supposed to be three? Uh, supposed to be no. five, but I'm halving it twice. Ooh, okay. <laughs> because of your flame staff and because of your tiefling resistance. 
Come on, come on. Eighteen. You are nearly certain that this is coming from Kalkin. Just like the weather is reacting to her anger. Uh, I think Cherish kind of flinches. Um, Mom, you need to calm down. I'll calm down when you say you're not going to a God's damn death trap. That's not a promise that I can make you. We just need, we need to be, we need to just keep talking about this, okay? Just take another take point of fire hands. damage. Ow. And you like actually react to that one? Yeah. When you do, uh, Kalkin will stop and just stare. And she gets this just horrified look on her face. And then she just like, and like backs away. And you can see her physically shrinking as she like mm -hmm. backs away from you. And like, she'll rub at her eye and you can see her like wipe the blood away and like the veins in her neck stand down and she'll like raise her hands and just, she'll just look terrified at you. Are you okay? I, I am, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to do that. I was just so angry. I, I didn't. <sighs> and she's like on the precipice of panic. Um Can I like take her hand? Like you walk forward and take her hand? Yeah. Okay. She'll have her hands out and you'll walk forward and grab one of them. Gently bring it down to your height. She's just breathing very raggedly, staring at you with this look of terrified panic and fear. Not at anything but herself. And she'll say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. Kind of, I kind of like motioned for, for a hug. And she'll if, if she'll shake her head and just like back away, not wanting to seemingly get much closer to you. Okay. I... What do you need from me right now? I can't, I can't not do this. If it's a trap, it's a trap. I'll get out of it, but. Give me a persuasion roll. That is not bad. Uh, 19. She will get this chagrined look on her face. She'll close her eyes and shake her head and say, you just walked into hell, and I'm freaking out about a place full of hobgoblins. You're supposed to worry about me. This is different, Cherish. Hobgoblins, they don't just 
kill people they don't like. If you're lucky, they just kill you. They... You remember when we got taken captive years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like that. Well, but I mean, a, but I've a heard lot, that. But a lot worse. I was only 12, like, I'm way stronger now. I, I understand that. When I was there last, they were killing the giants of the Stormwall with impunity. I don't know what they've been up to since then, but that's what they were up to when I went there. I saw a fire giant in chains... If, if Angela and I and the others hadn't done what we did, we would all be in chains right now. So, I don't want to see you taken like that. Not again. understand. If you have to go, then you, you then you have to go. And you're you're all grown up now, and there's nothing I, it's not like I can knock you unconscious and lock you, and she'll stop for a second and consider it, and then go, no, no, no. No, you... You shouldn't is the, the key word with that one. You probably could, but you shouldn't. Right. You have the capacity. <laughs> I do not want you to go. But if you're going to go, let me come with you. We'll talk to the old mage. Fine. And she'll take her hand away from yours. And you can see her, like, staring down at her hands. They're clearly shaking. And the only reason I say that is because if you go there without her protection and blessing, and this these and this horde is what you say it is I don't want you to get killed on sight that would suck for me yeah yeah I guess I guess you're right Sid yes it's about this time that you hear a voice in your head say I'm prepared to talk to you now if you are willing and able uh, yeah, just a second. Is Cherish and Calkin, did they come in yet? No. I told uh, you to start without me. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's do this thing. Tier, uh, really quick question. Cherish, the 
to the back, is there like a door or a window on that side of the house? There would be a window. Yeah. Tirza is absolutely like tucked up against it, like listening or trying to listen. <laughs> Give me a perception check. Or uh, actually better yet, what's your passive perception? Okay, I did this last time and it didn't work out for me. It's 11. <laughs> you got chunks of that conversation. Yeah, it's. I was mostly listening for, like, tone of voice, so... Yeah. You definitely got the part about the last mission to the Bulwark of Bone. The bits where Kalkin was freaking out was maybe a little bit more muffled, because she got really quiet. Yeah. Sid? Yeah. Five feet in front of you, and Grawl, I don't know where you are in the room in regards to Sid. I think Sid's just, like, sitting at the the table. Yeah. My feet on the table, you know. And there's only, there's only like, three chairs in this house total. There's the yeah. comfy chair, there's, like, two chairs at the table, and that's pretty much it. Mm. Grawl's probably, like, leaned up against a wall with like a plate of food. Okay. In that case, you clearly see the old mage appear. Uh, Sid, you said you're sitting with your feet up against the table? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, the old mage appears in front of you, standing right in the middle of the table. Uh, her projected image cut directly in half by the table. <laughs> Assuming you have the pocket watch on your person. Yep, yep. I got it. So she'll. Like, She's just like upstairs, like, hello? <laughs> She's on the roof. <laughs> she'll look down at herself. Where did everyone go? <laughs> look over to you, Sid, and say, This is uh, a bit undignified. Yeah, I'm not going to judge. And she'll walk out of the table and, like, start circling you. God. <laughs> uh, how. How you feeling? Tired. Um, you can see that this version you... of the old mage is her younger projected self. Hmm. Uh, so, obviously yesterday did not go... No, that was that yesterday? Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Obviously yesterday did not go uh, exactly like we were hoping. Uh, no, I should not... say not. Not totally sure what happened. Um, what can you tell me about your perspective after you cast that spell? What did you experience? And she'll glance around and see Grawl leaning up against the wall and like glance over at Tirza, who's like budged up against a window. <laughs> Tears, mm -hmm. you can tell that the conversation out back has ended and they're probably walking around the side of the house. Um, but the old mage will say, uh, where is Cherish? Uh, Cherish is uh, talking with her mom. Uh, so, you know. Uh, they're probably catch. on their way back in. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be here soon. Uh, well, perhaps I should wait for them to arrive before I give any lengthy explanations. Did all of you recover 
I see at least three of you, so I take it uh, you made your made it out of the astral once the spell's connection we, had been cut. We did do that. Yeah, we found a way out. Um, I, I un, unscathed, I believe, except for I think Grawl. Uh, you received a little bit of, you know, lightning. But uh, other than that, we were okay. She'll raise a slender eyebrow at that and look to you, Grawl, and say, something assaulted you on the astral plane. Eh. That's I mean, neither there was a yes a... nor no. <laughs> there, was a, there was a spooky, spooky lad wearing a mask with some worm. That was a thing. Yeah, there was definitely. Um, so yeah, we were transported there. Uh, everything was frozen, including you. Um, and yeah, what were we gonna say, Tirza? Nothing. Don't worry. No. <laughs> Tirza, stop listening to their conversation and join <laughs> us over here. <laughs> okay. This is this is this is the real talk we gotta have here. So I'm just worried. Kelkin seemed mad. Okay, she'll be fine. Um, she'll glance at Grawl and say, "You saw a larva mage." Is that, is that, what, is that, that what the spooky lad's name is? Yeah, sure. I don't know what Gross. its name is. I, based on your description, it is a type of star spawn. There. That's very odd. Though that whole experience was a cavalcade of odd, so it's not exactly... I don't know what to expect anymore. Yeah. It, yeah, we... I mean... Sid asked about what what your experience was. What... Could you tell you were frozen? What... My experience was, and then the front door opens and Cherish and Kalkon come in, and the old mage will look up and see them both enter, and Kalkon uh, is actually a little taken aback by the old mage just standing in her house. Yeah, uh, that's fair. It's just like blasé for us now. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and Kalkon will say, oh, um, uh, um, uh, you're... Uh, bageness. Um, I, uh, and Zenerva will raise a hand and say, Kalkin Ironstrike, it is a pleasure to formally meet you. I am Zenerva Arkantol, the old mage. You may call me Zenerva if you wish. And Kalkin will, like, nod awkwardly and say, Yeah, um, yeah, obviously I've s seen you. Around places, um, guess, uh, hmm. um, hello, I am Kalkin Ironstrike, blacksmith of Blue Gulch. Why are you being weird? It's the old mage. She's just a person, oh my god, I keep saying this to people. And Kalkin will say, can I get you anything? Uh, tea She's or water or a what? A, a what? She's projecting herself. I throw a piece of bacon through the image. <laughs> oh my god! 
Zenerval just like stare down at her chest where the the piece of bacon passes through, and Calcon will go, oh, yeah. um, right, okay. That wasn't a hundred percent necessary, but you know it's Sid. So I was proving a point. <laughs> How gnarly is the ground in here? <laughs> oh my god! Sweet Jesus! So, oh, oh, hun, you know the Lester's picked that up already. <laughs> <laughs> floating through the air. <laughs> Actually, what will happen is a little rat will scurry across the floor, snag yeah. it, and then go darting underneath the cabinet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. What a good boy. And Calkin will stare down at it for like a long <laughs> we don't minute. Have rats. We don't have rats again. It's my familiar. Um, ah, right. Zenerva <laughs> will glance up at you, Cherish, and say, Oh, you gained the access to a familiar. Yeah, it's... It's not going, like, super... It's a working relationship. <laughs> they always are. Well, you are all here now, so this will save me repeating myself. Um, Yes, my experience when we attempted to project into the astral plane was a peculiar one. Usually when one projects themselves into the astral, at least in my experience, a a version of yourself is created, which is a projection of your mind. Mm-hmm. That did not happen. I no. found myself... It was as though I was in the ethereal plane, that misty, but it was also something else, something, it was like a reflection of the material. I can't describe it. Like the world coated in shadow and darkness. Shadow and darkness? That isn't what we've experienced so far, so that's no. interesting. And we've seen just... like a like a blue sheen. I did not see anything like that. Hmm. I was unable to interact with anything or anyone. I was trapped in this strange, like I said, some kind of realm of shadow. Were we there? No. I could see none of you. I was mm. I was here. I could see Calcan at the forge outside, but for nearly an hour I was trapped in this strange shadow realm. But you were able to move. As a projected version of myself, yes, but I did not have access to any of my powers or magic. So so you saw Calcan, but you didn't see us. Correct. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I'm assuming the four of you were transported directly to the astral plane. Um, I think that's where it was. What we've come to understand as the astral ethereal. Astherial? Astherial. Hmm. Astral? There's something there. We'll work on it. Astral. I like astral. It It sounds like a medication. Talk to your doctor today. <laughs> Side effects include. 
<laughs> Mega spooky lads. Uh huh. Side effects include spooky lads and mm-hmm. maggots. Yes. It is some kind of fusion of the transitory planes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And something about us not having threads seems to allow us to move while we're there. Everybody else who who has threads can't. They're trapped or when we're when we're there. When when this has been you... described to me before. Yeah. Camion detailed your times there during the trials. Right. And you don't experience that when you go to the astral plane in in like a normal sense. You can't I, see people's threads? That should be the case, yes. But when you are on the Astral Sea, you are bound to your physical body via your silver cord. The Astral Sea does not look like the material plane. It is not the material plane. Interesting. So for whatever reason, the Astral uh, plane looks like the material plane. Probably because of its combining with the ethereal. With the ethereal plane. And wherever it was that I ended up. Yeah. Yeah, that that's for certain. For certain was not the ethereal. And it's The ethereal is about. a vast, empty space full of mist. With vague outlines of the real. Yeah, and this is about as close as you can get. I mean, we can't interact with with people, but we have been able to open doors with a great deal of effort. That is also strange. It does not follow any of the the previous laws of the astral, ethereal, any of the transitory planes that I'm aware of. If we're ever in a situation where we're around someone with threads, and we, you know go to the astral plane. I'm making it, we're making it a thing. I like okay. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we should see if our moving objects in that plane affects those objects on the material plane at all. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Was my, was the door when we got back, when Sid and tears and I ran back to the, our, the house was the door open like we had shoved like we had shoved it open before? No. Grawl was here. No. Yeah. It wasn't. And Grawl Did was you... back at the house. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And Grawl, when you reappeared back at the house, you did not notice the door open. Mm. Okay. Yeah, because the uh the the whatever worm thing had to like peer through the window and whatnot. Mm-hmm. The larva mage was inside the house when you first reappeared. Back in the oh. astral. Yeah, it was standing like right over the old mage. Mm-hmm. Ready. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's odd. Well, this does these, give us the... a, an amazing amount of information, though. The astral, the ethereal, and whatever this other plane is have all become coterminous with each other. Perhaps it is tied to why magic went mad. Why the world was engulfed in the storm. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what, what old Morgana suggested when we were talking to her about it, too. Yes, that old Aerocroker that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I think it would be in my best interest to speak with her. I will attempt to do so in the following days. Was there anything else you experienced while you were there? Anything else that might key us into what is happening? Well, well, I mean, I don't know. You... The reason we got out was odd. <laughs> to say the least. Did you not just did you not merely escape when I lost concentration on the spell? Well, we were the ones who enabled you breaking concentration. In a way, yes. In a, well, in a way, yeah. That is how you got the message to Rigel. Yeah. You escaped the astral plane before? Interesting. How did you... Did you find your threads? Did you pull back to your physical bodies? I don't... Uh, Tirza, did you tell us about that part? I did. Okay. I feel well, like we had that conversation, yeah. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> but was, knowing that we did, it's what's helpful. It was yesterday. Uh, I don't remember. It was last week for me. You, um, actually, you actually do remember. I do remember, because I have keen mind. Um, <laughs> in the middle of town, there's this gazebo, and there's some rings on a plinth, and it's the mayor's gazebo, and the rings weren't weren't frozen in the astral the astral plane mm -hmm. still not sure about that naming scheme quite yet but um okay ethereal ethereal astral just sounds so nice it's a work in progress Lunestra. yeah lunestra lunestra hey moths that's lunesta Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, All right. So the, the Lunesta, the Lunesta plane. <laughs> How did the four of you uh, escape? Anyway, that strange well, meta plane. Uh, well, we, we went of... to this gazebo and we picked up the rings because we sort of, we were sort of just scrambling at that point because we figured you were frozen and you know we were like ah. And these were cool. objects that were not frozen in the. This strange yeah. place. Yeah. So Sid and I grabbed the rings, and I mean, it was weird. It was like I, we were becoming different people and going somewhere horrible. But then Tirza pulled us back with some kind of thread. Going where? Did we ever? We didn't have we a sense the, of the name, right? Yeah. The, no. We don't have the name. Just yeah. somewhere. There's like a lot of fog or mist was, or something. It was a horrible place. Yeah. Just like, and sad and angry. I I barely caught any of it, but what I did catch were two looming gates. Black, I assume. Uh, to be specific, you saw three stones in the form of a gate. More of a hinge. Like two tall mm. stones with a third one on top. Oh, so like a Stonehenge-esque. It was Henge-esque, Oh, that's, yes. that's what you just said. Sorry, oh. I hearing is hard. <laughs> Classic Henge formation. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
I described that. Yeah. And that just seems to confuse the old mage further. She gives you like a long stare and then says, and you were able to drag them back from wherever they were going? Yes, by some kind by of their thread. threads. Oh, I don't know if it was their threads, but they looked the same. They were silver. No, were they gold? <laughs> they were, they were like, like, they're like, they're like rainbow. Oh, yeah. right, 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 iridescent. Yeah. <laughs> I also, I don't have keen mind. <laughs> yeah, but she will say. It shouldn't be possible for someone else to interact with another person's thread. Other than cutting it, but that you need a very specific spell or instrument to do that. And if that were the case, it would have killed them instantly. That's true. Maybe it wasn't like, you know, a thread thread, if that makes sense. Maybe it was something else. It was a lowercase, a lowercase lower T thread. Yeah. <sighs> so many uh, strings yeah. tied together in this army. Very well. I. You managed to escape somehow. These rings require further investigation. Mm-hmm. You say they're here in town. Yep. Yeah, gazebo. They're in the center green, center of town. Might want to ask the mayor about it. Probably. The mayor. What does he have to do with these rings? They're his. It's his gazebo. He's Ah. very protective of them. Yeah. I'm sorry, I do not know the daily ongoings here in Blue Gulch, so... That's fair. Um, I tend to leave the mayor to his own devices. But you sort of seem to imply that, like, you know who he is. Is that just like, oh yeah, I know of him? Or like, do you know something we don't? She will stay silent for a beat and then say, he is not the person he once was. Who he once was I have theories about where those rings may have taken you. They are based on hearsay and rumor from a lifetime ago. But his personal story is not mine to tell. And I have made certain Mm. promises to him that I would rather not break. Fair enough. Maybe we can ask him on our on our trip. About to go on a seven day road trip with the man, so I'm sure we can pry it out of him at some point. <laughs> Perhaps. He is rather reserved where that is concerned. He is not proud of the person he used to be. I'll let you know that right now. And without betraying too much of his trust, I suspect that those rings are perhaps something he uses to remind himself of that. 
I suppose that would make sense. Yeah. Those people were very sad. Yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Because we, if it felt like we were like turning into turning into people, coming into different people, or feeling feelings that weren't ours. Interesting. Yes, this will require a conversation with the mayor, I think, but that is not for now. Very well. Uh, you are leaving today to head to the bulwark. Yes. Um. Do we get a plus one? Plus one? I'm sorry? You don't get the bulwark. To parties, do you? Um, and you suddenly realize Zenerva's <laughs> probably never invited to any parties. Yeah. Um, well, we are invited to this summit. Do we get to bring a guest? I... Uh... And you, like, the old mage seems just a little flummoxed at that and says... <laughs> Who who could who would you want to bring? Someone who already knows uh, about the incur who who could you possibly want to bring? I kind of like look up at Kalkin and I'm like, okay, if you're gonna make your case, then you better do it now. And Kalkin is just kind of like staring at the old mage, like a little like nervously and wide eyed. She sort of like backed over to a corner while this conversation was happening and just kind of like standing unobtrusively, her eyes kind of like darting back and forth between people talking. And all of this was clearly way over her head. Mm. And she will say, Um, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, me, me. Um, I, I want, I, I, I don't want these kids going there without me. And the old mage seems a little like she forgot Kalkin was there as Kalkin <laughs> speaks up. Oh, mama. She'll glance over at the the large half orc woman and kind of give her an appraising glance. And say, ah, um, Miss Ironstrike, I'm not entirely sure. Your presence might not be conducive to what we wish to accomplish there. She's like very much. <laughs> Zenerva is no diplomat, and it's beginning to show. <laughs> God, so this summit is going to be a clusterfuck. Great. Oh, <laughs> Zenerva's great when it comes to talking about like big, grand magical threats or arcane dangers or ritual components and big sweeping things but when she's just trying to tell somebody uh you're not invited to this party she starts to kind of fall on her face a little bit she's al gore talking about global warming <laughs> accurate but not diplomatic <laughs> uh and kalkan will say i I want them to... I know how dangerous that place can be. I, I, I want to go. I want to make sure I can 
keep her them safe. I um and Zenerva will get a kind of mollified look, but then have it transition into a, a gentle smile that some of you could probably tell that it looks like this expression might be like there's a flicker rather than a transition to this expression. It's like pre-programmed. Yeah. <laughs> like she she selected like uh Benevolent ruler. Yeah, benevolent yeah. ruler number three. Um yeah. <laughs> or the, the conversation tree, the uh firm no or the kind no. <laughs> Gentle let down smile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And she will step forward, and you can all notice her feet aren't really touching the floor as she takes a couple steps forward. And staff in hand, she will say gently to Kalkin, These four have faced greater dangers in the last day than any here in the valley have faced in a lifetime. Barring the other four threadless, there are none alive that have traversed the plains and seen what they have seen. Tears, are you raising your hand during all of this? No, I just... Oh yeah, we forgot to tell her that there's five more threadless. <laughs> Oops. We, there's still some questions I want to ask her vis-a-vis, like, stuff we didn't get to ask yesterday, so... Yeah, no, that's true. We don't need more <laughs> off-topic. Anyway. Sorry. Given the company they will be keeping at the Bulwark, rest assured there is possibly no safer place they could be. The individuals meeting for this summit are not to be trifled with. The new warlord of the Legion of Bone knows this better than most. Tricking. Do we get a, a guest list before we head out? Just so we know who to expect. Do you wish to know who will be attending the summit? If you don't mind letting us know. Uh, and I, I mean, you mentioned to. the other... I just don't know if you necessarily know any of these people. I might. Well, I mean, it'd be nice to kind of maybe be able to... Well, the four of you will represent... No names. <laughs> and not be like, hey, who are you? <laughs> Well, I'm for Blue Gulch. <laughs> rest assured, I'm sure the mayor would have learned you all on the proper etiquette oh, before. Oh, oh, Jesus. Oh, good. That's etiquette gonna be, That's going to be a whole montage. I don't... Oh, God. Which one of us is good at etiquette? None of us. None of us. I mean, Grawl's probably oh, the only one good at Grawl. The four of you will no. be there to represent the Threadless, as well as the Jarashir, and she'll nod towards Tirza. Start brushing up on your scripture. <laughs> <laughs> the mayor, of course, Ezekiel von Zorovich. 
the dragon pyre scale, who Ugh. you are aware of. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm told a representative from Fair Ames here, uh, a half-elf man by the name of Darren Dunn, will be there. Though, based on his last missive, there may be other concerns from the elven nation that may need to be addressed. I, He was not clear on the specifics. Mm. The dwarvish patriarch of Srothheim, Alris Axehart, will be there. She speaks for the dwarves as well as many other subterranean communities within the valley. One of the members of Zonat Zero from Lake Quelio will be there. Brian Lady Lanado. I don't know how much experience any of you have had with any of the aquatic peoples of the valley. Uh, I mean... There was that one... That one trial year we did merc some fish people. Yes, Kautoa, I believe. Yeah. It didn't technically happen, so... Or did it? It's hard to say. Rest assured, if you bring up that trial... With the Brine Lady, she will approve. The Kautoa are a ceaseless threat within the depths of Lake Quelio. Great. Good to know. Good to know. Mm -hmm. And Lord Oberon Greenvane of the Eastwood will be there, an archfey of some power and renown. Damn. Interesting. And those are the only folk that confirmed my invitation. There were others who were invited, but either refused or did not commit either way. So there may be some surprises, but nothing too extreme, I think. I believe the Lord Mayor of Stormhaven should be in attendance, though he seemed rather reticent to join. Um, I have a question. And of course, the Warlord will be in attendance as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Crawl, you were saying? Uh, yes. Uh, are we all, like, individually listed? Like, are, are, are we all expected to show up individually, or are we listed as the Threadless? You're not listed anywhere. Well, I mean, who are they expecting? Like, they know we're coming. Do they know us as individuals, or are we just a group that is invited? They know that any who accompany the mayor are under my protection. Okay, okay. So we're not, like, they don't know Cherish from Blue Gulch is coming. They've been given a brief description of all of you. Terrific. I kept it as vague as possible. For your sake. Perfect. Thank Hard you. Hard to do with that. That'd be pretty vague. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a, ha- a half elf, a half elf named a half elf, and a, a purple tiefling, and a, a human with dark hair, and then just some guy. Just another one. <laughs> there's just another guy. Another there. one of those. <laughs> I said a lean man with a great sword. Yeah. Well, that's pretty okay. good. Okay. That's actually a really good description. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> wholeheartedly. Thank you. 
I'm glad I was able to succeed at at least that. <laughs> hey, it'll be too hard on yourself. No, I don't say that. <laughs> I don't say that. You'll be okay. Uh, we need to start being nicer to her. <laughs> I'm always nice to her. Uh, that's true. Uh, uh, okay. That all sounds good. I'm still... Not really keen on fire scalping there, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. The dragon will be kept in check. I just, I know that, but like, it's hard when like you've seen a vision of your death and your death is being burned alive by a dragon. <sighs> you were shown many visions during the trials. Most of them have not come to pass. If any. It's true. I understand your hesitancy. Pyrescale is a dangerous and terrifying creature, but at least in this particular arena, he will be neutralized. Okay. Well. Um... There was not related to the trial, but there was something we kind of had to gloss over a, a bit of what Jeremiah Payne told us. But right, do you know what the living gate is, Jeremiah Payne? You're the man who you referred to as Rashad as well, yes? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. It was the last thing he said before he died. The living gate. I... No, I'm sorry. Hmm. Not familiar. Oh, oh that's bad news. Uh, you yeah. don't know. God, we're not gonna... <laughs> Who else in the valley is going to? Shit! No idea. Probably that Carter guy. Do you yeah, know probably. what it entails? What? What is it related to? Perhaps there's a line of research I can bend the scholars of the tower towards. It seems... Was it the... He, he's... It, I mean, the, the, context, the context clues kind of led me to believe that it was talking about keeping back what was coming in out from the realm scar. Hmm. Like the binding rituals of the rift watch rift keepers no I idea i don't know hmm. i mean literally he g said that and then got stabbed through the chest oh i see yeah well at least the blooded man had his last words heard uh, i will attempt to do what research i can or at least put trusted individuals on the trail of it. I'm sorry I can't be more of use where that's concerned. If it's some sort of lore to do with this cult, again, I have been doing yeah. a bit of research on them as well, and nothing in regards to the Living Gate has come up as of yet. Okay. If any of your... 
if any of your scholars have any um, connection to the Divine Athenium or or the Jarashir, that might be another mm, route of study. Very well. You think there's some kind of religious connection to this? He seems to think so. Very he well. was that devout. Is a good starting point. And yes, I have connections among the Divine Athenium. If not directly with the Scaled Council, then at least Jarashir sages who are willing to bend the ear towards my cause. Yeah, maybe don't bring it up with the Scaled Council. <laughs> the Scaled Council and I... Tears, if I may be frank with you, my position among your people's religion has always struck me as rather odd. I... I can't tell if I am the, a savior or a devil among your folk. It depends on which theologian you talk to. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, Either way, uh, it will be looked into. Uh -huh. Like, I don't know how else to answer. I think it's Was there anything else you learned about the cult while you were there? You spoke to Jeremiah Payne, this this man called Rashad. Did you learn anything else of the cult? Its leader is the man you called Atticus Carter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They they seemed to be mm -hmm. well. They seemed to be channeling power from something through the burns on their arm, or through the brands on their arm. Brand marks give them some sort of borrowed magic. We've determined this much, but do you have any inkling as to its source? Some kind of hellfire? Jer Jeremiah Payne called it hellfire. Hellfire? Hmm. Now that is something to work on. I will have people looking into it. Excellent. Is there anything else? Uh, Promise what? not to send us into the astral plane this time. <laughs> That's that would good. be great. Yeah. Um, I'm good. Uh, one thing I did want... Okay. I have an out of, out of character question. So I know that I have keen mind now, but like, mm -hmm. do I have to roll to remember that Lucrezia's body burned up after Tirza killed her. I mean, I feel like that's not something you forget really no. easily. Yeah, no. I'm pretty sure that's yeah, okay. fairly burned seared. into all burned of our into my, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally. Um, as well as the fact that it happened with Jeremiah Payne. Yeah, yeah, with Jeremiah Payne as well. But the reason I bring or up Lucrezia... A, a piece of Jeremiah Payne, anyway. Yeah. This is true. Grawl uh, cut off his arm just in the nick of time. Um, and it happened with that cultist whose arm you cut off mm -hmm. yes so bringing all that information together 
Uh, and then also, the reason I bring up Lucrezia is I was going through my notes earlier, and I forgot that we checked in on her. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Oh, um, I didn't forget. <laughs> I could have told you that. Uh, yeah, that is something else we could have mentioned. So, when or these cultists are killed, their bodies burn up, seemingly, because of this brand, but it's not... We've, it's, that's been noted, some of the cultists, not all of them, but some members immolate upon death. It's a very it's not, strange phenomenon. It's not a funeral pyre, though. It's it's a transportation spell. What? I don't know what kind, but... We happened upon Lucrezia again, and... Lucrezia? Yes. One of, yeah. Yes, Camion told me of this. You... Yeah. A regrettable action, but she had become a weapon of this cult. Yes. And she'll give a glance back to you, Tirza, and look like she's about to say something, but then maybe think better of it. Thank you. We were trying to check on the other threadless with old Morgana, and... How? Scrying. She's capable of scrying. Yeah, she's got like a crystal ball and stuff. Ah, very well. Um, so Lucretia's like alive still. And the like, I mean, old mage sort of like rocks back at that. Yeah, uh, because I, 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 we're assuming. Just, I we don't know. We're assuming like, it was yeah. a it was a, a nasty a nasty uh vision. She was of she was breathing underground. I'm sorry. Were, were you scrying or what is it, was it a vision? This is very important. Scry. It was scrying, right? Well, she said it was scrying. She was using but, a crystal ball see. to scry. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you witnessed other people apart from Lucrezia. Well, there were like dead bodies hanging on a wall. Chained to a wall. It was gnarly. But th there were multiple scry attempts, is my point. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we yeah, yeah, we yeah. attempted we to scry all of the threadlets. Yeah. Yeah. And you were successful on all of them, including Lucrezia. No. Uh, we didn't get Judah. Um, that makes sense. we know he's alive, right? God, mind to steal that one. Uh, um, I, last I heard from Judah Sunpalm, yes, he was alive. Um, Camion, we got vague stuff. Um, Valor was pretty clear. Uh, and Talila was as well. When was this? Um, that was... Certain amount of days ago, <laughs> a week or so. Down the day, it was about a week ago. It was about a week, yeah. It was on yeah. the nineteenth of nineteenth uh, or eighteenth of shade. I don't. Yeah, but yes, uh, about ten. So days a little ago. over. Yeah. Yeah. And she'll nod and say, "This lines up." Um, Camion would have been approaching the tower before reporting mm -hmm. to me. Yeah, we did see that they were north. Mm -hmm. Valor would have been down in the hills south of Fort Verge. This was before I had received word from him, though. So he has since contacted me, and okay. I have since dispatched Camion to aid him. Good. He seemed like he needed it. Yeah. Indeed. The gnome, you said you saw her. Mm hmm? 
I was yeah, unable to find her in my searchings. Uh, I was yeah, trying to extend an invitation to the summit to her, but I was unable to contact her or find her. Where was she? Stormhaven? Stormhaven. Stormhaven. The Wandering Rose. The Wandering. Oh. Oh. There are certain places in Stormhaven that my sight cannot pierce. Some individuals are aware of my ability to see within the bounds of the city and have made fast their holdings to my sight. Mostly merchants and certain lords. But... Least I mean, ways. you might see something good. you don't want to see. <laughs> also, good to know for our eventual one shot in Stormhaven. But you saw. Tirza says out loud. <laughs> what are you talking about? You saw Lucrezia alive after. She was had... breathing. She was breathing. breathing. Where? Do you know? Somewhere underground. Underground. Kind of creepy looking dungeon, yeah. And this was. Torchlight. And there were others? Bodies. Bunch of bodies. I'm pretty sure those bodies were dead. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, God. Yeah, we didn't know. It was a gnarly one. Yeah. And we weren't really focusing on anybody else. Was there any way. No, the scrying would have been focused on her. I... This is very troubling information. That... Oh. Yeah. If those who reportedly self-immolated after death are in fact not dead, how are we to exhaust an enemy who can continually bring... Lords... This needs to be spread to the rest of the Rift Keepers. They need to know. It be a little bit harder, but, I mean, cutting off, cut, cutting off the limb that has the thing on it seems to do a trick. Her, her brand is on her chest. That's why it would be difficult. Ah, yeah. I see. be an interesting affair to get that one done, but... That is very actionable information. Thank you. Severing the limb that holds the brand. This is good. Yeah, I mean, it's not the most elegant solution. We um, are but... not living in elegant times, Cherish. We need solutions that work. If things were elegant, I wouldn't need to be stuck in my tower committing a ritual every eight hours to keep back a maddened storm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for all of this. This is good information. Yeah. This may give us the edge we need to combat this cult. Though... I fear that they are perhaps a, a smaller worry now than they once were. Or perhaps Hopefully. they are tied into this somehow. I, I'm not sure anymore. All I know is the realm scars that I had indicated before 
the three that are left have become much larger problems. Right. As I implied before, their influences are growing. Some of them alarmingly rapidly. The one nearest fame aims here may, in fact, have already caused problems that Mr. Dunn will be informing us about at the summit. Are you going to do most of the talking about um, planes and magic stuff, or...? That was my intention, unless... Oh, thank God. Oh, but you're... Your presentation. Right! We can work on your PowerPoint. <laughs> Cherish, just like, no. No. Nobody listened to me last time. Most of these individuals are already aware of at least part of the problem. My intention with this summit is not to explain the situation, but to look for answers that any of these folk might have to this ongoing situation. Okay. Okay, good. And more specifically, for them all to agree to help both you and other members of the Rift Keepers in their duties in sealing these rifts. This is more about securing aid for yourselves and the rest of the Threadless. Okay. Sounds great. The secondary motivation for this and she'll glance over at Grawl, is to appease the needs of this new warlord. Um. What does that mean specifically? It means specifically that if we want to prevent her from invading the rest of the drylands, certain accommodations might need to be made. Grawl, if you have any insight into what might appease a warlord of the Legion, your insight could be invaluable. Well, it could be a bunch of things. It should, could be like some sort of tournament, lots of blood. Um, not really into gifts. Not, a, not big into gifts. Um, yeah, probably some sort of death match or exchange of like People or like some sort of like casting of the giants, you know, just like you know, something like that. Not what? something too crazy. Sounds pretty crazy, girl. <laughs> I mean, that's normal. What the fuck? <laughs> if, it, if it is all that simple, then perhaps we could have a very direct use for pyre scale at this meeting. Oh, yeah, that, that's true. But I don't know who this person is, and maybe they just want some cupcakes or like some chocolate or something like that. And Zenerva will laugh at that and say, <laughs> "I hope that is the case." It mm, probably me is. <laughs> Should probably bring some just in case. I will yeah. work on my best confectionery conjurations. <laughs> oh, you can't conjure them; they always taste weird. <laughs> Transmutation, then. Bring some cupcake-sized rocks. She'll just mumble to herself. <laughs> uh. 
What time is it? It is edging towards 11. Okay. I will say ask to cherish that. And Sid has a pocket watch. It's true. That's true. So, are there any more questions or comments for the old mage? Uh, I'm good. Hey, uh, Zenerva, do you know what uh, something called the Glimmer Wing is supposed to be? Does that sound familiar? She'll stop and lie straight to your face as she says, No, that is not familiar, Sid. Hey, Sid, also, uh, the watch yesterday, didn't it tell you something weird? Did it? About the Rift Keepers and who trains them? Oh, yeah. Mm, That doesn't sound familiar. (laughs) Insight check? I don't want to... Sid lies straight to your face. Okay. Okay. No, and I'm trying to just take a cue, right? Like, Uh oh, I must have... I must have heard something wrong then. Never mind. Yeah, no. Says the person with keen mind. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I didn't... She doesn't know. Actually, she does. You guys had a conversation about that it. Was, I'm pretty uh, sure. That was a goof. I, that was a goof. <laughs> you would know that your memory has become damn near perfect in the last, like, I would say week. So... <laughs> her lying straight to his face, him lying straight to my face, and me lying straight to both of their faces. Mm-hmm. In fact, it has been damn near perfect ever since Maz stopped talking. Oh. Womp womp. Womp womp. Suddenly Cherish is sad. <laughs> but, yes, uh, yeah, when you ask about Glimmerwing, the old mage will straight up lie to you cool and it's very clear because her face will like do that weird shift again where it clearly has no emotion on it Mm-hmm. okay all right if there's nothing else i will begin researching the topics you've recommended and start informing my agents about the cult's ability to recall dead agents. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta get ready to go. Yeah, we gotta get ready to go. I wish you luck on your journey. If all goes well, I will see you in seven days' time. And she vanishes. And I think it is there, as you all begin to just stare at each other and nod and know that you need to start packing, that we are going <laughs> to take our break. And when we return, y'all are going to go meet the mayor on the outside of town and start trucking your way up to the bulwark of bone. Yeah. Yay. Greetings, my friends. I am Omatep Duskwalker, owner and proprietor of Duskwalker Import and Export TM. Here today to talk to you about a very fancy magical item. It is called the Dancing Sword. This very rare item can technically be any sort of sword, 
But what's most impressive is the fact that it requires no hands to use. On your turn, you can use a bonus action to hurl this sword into the air, at which time you speak a command word, and then it will begin hovering around you, flying about and attacking your adversaries, wherever you command it to. Every turn it can move thirty feet, floating about, moving through the battlefield this way and that, attacking your enemies, coming from every direction. Unfortunately, each of these movements and attacks also uses up a bonus action. So, if you are thinking to yourself, Hey, I could just grab myself one of these fancy swords, and then have two weapons in my hand as well. Unfortunately, the amount of concentration that it takes to actually use this sword is about the same as what it takes to use a weapon in your offhand. So using three weapons is kind of off the table. And I know what you're thinking. Hey, Omatep. What if I had multiples of these dancing swords? Well, to answer that question, it would also be very difficult to do this. Unfortunately, most mortal throats aren't capable of saying three command words at the same time. Believe me, I've tried. And here is the real kicker with the dancing sword. After the fourth time that it attacks in this fashion, it will attempt to return to your hand. Now, it can only do this if it is up to 30 feet away, so if it is farther away or blocked somehow by a door or a wall or a large pile of bodies, well, the sword will be stopped and then fall to the ground, and you'll have to go pick it up. That's a small price to pay for a magical sword that dances around and attacks your enemies for you, though, don't you think? And now, for a limited time only, this dancing sword is available here at Duskwalker Import and Export TM for the low, low price of 25,000 gold. Any takers? Come on, it's a sword that dances! It's almost like the sword's a bard or something. Okay, well, it can't sing, that's a whole other item, but it can dance. No? Okay, well, let's get you back to the action. And welcome back to Material Components. When last we left our heroes, they had had a long catch-up conversation with the old mage, in which a lot of information was imparted, some of it will probably be very damn important, and she wished them the best of luck on their journey to the Bulwark of Bone. Having now uh, gotten your breakfast and your conversation with the old mage you have packed your gear it is approaching noon and the appropriate time towards which you must uh, meet the mayor at the northern road out of town or just fucking dip <laughs> sort of do or die time on whether or not you're going to be going to this if summit we, if we did yeah like he's gonna either catch up with us or like be uh, upset and then we'll have to hear him whine about how we ditched him and it's just like more than I want to handle right now. <laughs> I can't uh, believe you didn't want my company. Like, fuck off. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, I'm assuming we are all in on going to the Bulwark of Bone, right? As far as I'm aware. Well, yeah. <laughs> Grawl, you have the bucket. Uh, that's, uh, that's true. That's true. I just... Grawl, let's have a quick check in with Grawl. Grawl, how are you feeling? Mm, are we doing yeah. this? Yeah, we're doing it. It's Do you be want great. me to tell you how the bucket awesome. hat actually works? Yeah, no, I'd really like to know how the bucket hat actually works. Okay. <laughs> you just got to think Please. about what you want to look like 
and then it happens. Oh, you and should as probably long as you're wearing the hat first. Have you attuned yes. to it? Mm, didn't Cherish take it back from me and reattune to it at some point? Absolutely I not. No. no, I believe Cherish you, as it was established in a previous episode, you have the hat and you have had the hat. You've just never bothered to attune to it. Yeah. Uh, well, it's time. Yeah. <laughs> We've got seven days, so. That's plenty of time. Yes. So I'm going to do it now. Start... You can try. You can try different looks. You're going to yeah. start attuning to yeah. the hat now. Yes. Okay, that's very difficult to do while you're moving. Attuning to a magic item involves sitting down and like focusing on it and attuning your own magical rhythms to it over the course of an hour. Could one do so... it in a carriage? Yes, that's what I'm thinking. If one wanted to, yes. How else am I going to get it done? Boom. Problem it's up, solved. It's up to you. Uh, all I know is that you all have mounts available to you. That's true. Having packed up and having Kalkin is at least going to see you to the edge of the the prairies of Blue Gulch. Uh, and she is going to acquire a, a very sturdy, thick pony by calling in a couple of favors. <laughs> so, you all meet the mayor at the northern road out of town? Yep. Yep. Okay. How long do we have before he arrives there? Is he waiting for us? or are we He going said to he would him? be waiting for you at noon. Okay. So it depends on when you get there, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we had everything we needed beforehand, so yeah. If if we wanted to be there early, we could. Yeah, you'd already purchased supplies and had any, everything yep. basically good to go. Yep. Oh, I was gonna ask the old mage about the dress code. Fuck. Whatever. We're it's heroes, we're fine. Only. Okay. So, moving to the edge of town, you ride up the spokes of the wheel around the center green. You ride past the called shot. You ride past City Hall. Mm -hmm. Moving through town, there are people who will tip their hats towards you, give you a, a welcome howdy. Um, people are constantly taking note of the celestial reindeer that is moving in your midst. It's a good touch. It definitely makes you stand out. Look very heroic on it. <laughs> you do. <laughs> a wonderful new mace riding at your hip. Mm -hmm. Unless you left it back at the Iron Strike house. No, I didn't leave it. But it's like... Covered by the cloak. <laughs> very good. Cover your shame. <laughs> <laughs> The five of you eventually reach the edge of town, and on the road leading north, you see a six-wheeled, long, white and silver coach that is drawn by a team of four horses. All of them black. Of course. Sitting at the front in the driver's position is the huge, muscled frame of Big Gus. Yes. The mayor's hey, ogre bodyguard. 
and on a, a lounging chair covered by a parasol on the top of the carriage sits the mayor. Oh, boy. Oh, my just tits is going to be a long seven days. <laughs> also, how come the mayor gets a bodyguard, but Cherish doesn't get a bodyguard? That doesn't seem fair. Cherish has we a higher bodyguard. And we, there's Calvin. And yeah. also, big. That's big Gus, that's what big I mean. Gus didn't murder the last warlord, so he's oh, yeah, probably that's... invited. <laughs> you don't know. Maybe he was there. Maybe he was there. <laughs> we don't know his life. I mean, that's true. As you ride up, the mayor will look up from what looks like a newspaper that he's reading, and he'll his newspaper probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like it, and he will. <laughs> Fold it and give you all uh, a, a warm smile as you see him in the shade approaching. And he will say, Oh, my friends, right on time. Yeah. Mm hmm. Well, we had best get a move on then. Yeah. And he will stand up and replace his straw hat and gripping the parasol, he will lightly jumped down off the top of the carriage and he said, you'll have to excuse me. I can't readily ride on the carriage. The direct sunlight's just terrible for my skin. So, uh, I must sequester myself while we are in transit. Well, if any of you would like to ride inside the carriage and save your mounts the strain, you are more than welcome to accompany me. I think Grawl wanted to. I mean, I do have some business to take care of. Shotgun. Well, I don't quite know what that means, but you are more than welcome to join me in the carriage. Neither do I. Grawl is a man of many, much vocabulary, much strange vocabulary. Uh, Much strange. So the mayor will motion you over towards the door to his carriage that opens seemingly all by itself. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do with Grawl's horse? I could just ride um, alongside. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. very easily lead another horse. Oh, okay. Have a line stretching between you and the horse. So, Grawl, oh, you, yeah, you, you, you enter the mayor's carriage. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you all see hey. Grawl vanish into this windowless carriage. Mm-hmm. The door made of pristine white wood closing behind him. You think he's forever? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Calkin says that was a bad idea. (laughs) Probably just. They seem to be rather chummy, so they'll probably just not say anything to each other. Or and Cherish will talk, and Grawl will. (laughs) Yeah, the Calkin will definitely look at you, Cherish. Like, yeah, like that's gonna happen. Yeah. Girl thought I talked a lot. <laughs> He's in for it. And you begin riding north. Matching the pace of the carriage is easy enough. The Your horses can easily keep up with it. It is a huge carriage. You see its wheels bouncing unsettlingly across the uneven ground. Even the road here was not necessarily uh, built for a carriage like this. Though the carriage itself seems to have been built for a situation like this. Its wheels 
while they bounce and move and seem to like jag up and down with the uneven terrain, the, the carriage body itself moves fairly evenly as though there's some kind of spring mechanism connecting the wheels to the carriage itself. It's fucking four wheel drive carriage. Yeah. Off road. Yeah. And you begin following Grawl. As you enter this long, I would say perhaps 25 foot long carriage. My god. That's as big as the Jaws shark. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> I measure things in, in the length of Jaws sharks. <laughs> how, how, how many Jaws sharks tall is it? I measure yeah. things in the lengths of Jaws 4 sharks, so... Oh, jeez. So as you enter this two-thirds long Jaws 4 shark carriage, (laughs) (laughs) you see that it is almost lightless in here. The only light comes from four flickering red lamps of some kind of dark red flame that are sconced in the ceilings and on the far ends of this interior chamber. The inside of this carriage is luxurious. There is long throw pillows along satin-lined benches to either side. There is uh, some very fine carpeting on the floor. It seems as though there is velvet-lined like paneling on the walls and the ceiling. The only thing that strikes you as super unsettling, other than, you know, the no windows thing, is the long box of dark wood that is set up along the back wall that looks suspiciously like a coffin. (laughs) Just inside the door and to the right, you see a, a small wet bar that begins rattling slightly as you move. Though as you begin to move, you notice that the ride is much smoother than you would have thought. And the mayor will move over to the other side, staring at you and uh, begin lounging. He'll remove his hat and glasses inside here so you can see the gleaming red of his eyes. And he'll say, please make yourself comfortable, Grawl. We're in for a bit of a long ride, but we need not do it in discomfort. Agree. I 100% agree. Agree. That sounds great. Yes. Barb? bar over there? Yes, please help yourself to any refreshment you might desire. Excellent. What what do you suggest? Oh, I don't have much of a taste for that. It is a luxury for any guests I might be having within this cart, so uh, take whatever flavor you desire. Alright, perfect. Thank you. And I waddle over to... Yeah. Uh, there is any kind of uh, alcohol that you could ask for. There's nothing in ways of beer, but in terms of hard alcohol and uh, wine, there is a lot. A lot of red wines. To the wine. To the wine. Okay. And the mayor will say, You said you had some business to attend to. I don't suppose that had mm-hmm. anything to do with me. Uh, No, actually. Well, very good. Uh, And if it's all the same to you, my friend, 
I may uh, be indisposed during the daylight hours, if you don't mind if I uh, catch some shut-eye while we move. That sounds great. Passes the time quickly. Indeed. He says as though, like, he thinks about it for a second, and then he just thinks better of saying anything about what you just said. Uh, but then he'll move to the back, and you see him open up the lid of that coffin and get in that coffin. Vampire. And he'll say, before he closes the lid, I will see you again at sunset. If you need anything, do not hesitate to pull that rope there. And he points to a rope near the front of the carriage. To alert Gus, he will be sure to accommodate your every need. Excellent. And you see him lay down and cross his arms in front of his chest, and then the lid of the coffin closes itself. Yep, exactly. Just classic vampire Excellent. repose. Mm-hmm. Uh, the commitment to aesthetic is impressive, at least. The mayor is nothing if not committed. <laughs> so you spend your time attuning to the hat? Yes, I do. Okay. What are the rest of you doing while you ride? Is it just uh, s- silent riding as you move northward? Uh, I'm mostly just keeping an eye out, uh, just looking at the countryside, uh, both for possible ambushes, but also just enjoying the view. Okay. Give me a perception check for anyone keeping an eye out. Cool. Oh, nice. That's going to be... Uh, two... 22. Cool. I got a dirty 20. Very nice. As you begin moving northward, the town of Blue Gulch growing smaller in the distance behind you, you're running down that long track of farmlands that is the approach to Blue Gulch. There's a a wooden fence, rough and low, that runs parallel to the road to your left. As you move, Sid, you pass the spot where you encountered that strange flutist on the way into town. And No, he is a flutist. Oh, okay. Flautist would definitely imply some kind of mortal breathing apparatus. Um, Oh, that's true. I forgot he didn't breathe. (laughs) They didn't breathe. <laughs> no flouting was involved. <laughs> Simply fluting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you just mark the spot. Nothing there is abnormal. You just like... Yeah. That was a, a, an odd interaction. Sure was. Other than that, the there are birds that circle high above you. There are farmhands in the fields that will mark your passing. A couple of them will definitely, like, nudge their buddies and point at the mayor's carriage as it goes past. Uh, But they will also definitely mark your presence as well. As you are moving out of town, both Sid and Cherish would notice the small dust cloud being kicked up behind you in the road. And... Looking back, you can see that a lone figure 
riding a gliding earth wave with a giant weapon planted in the back like a tiller is riding up behind you. As if I don't have enough garbage to deal with. Can we tell I who want garbage. I want to see my little boy. Nah, he <laughs> a big boy. He a big boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as Captain Jan McFeeg approaches... Oh, motherfucker! <laughs> okay, I, I rescind my resignation as if I don't have enough garbage to deal with. <laughs> you see his... Uh, cracked smiling face like just see you as he just like jets past you he doesn't stop he just keeps moving and you see him like riding up the road past you oh and he waves as he goes by not what I expected okay I mean he could be yeah he could just be going back to the tower right yeah yeah that makes sense right that makes sense as long as he's not with us. Yeah. I don't know. He was very helpful in a fight. But oh was my he? god, we're mostly not going because to he a just fight. like mostly because he? he just like threw himself at things and, and yeah, we're not what and we're into things. <laughs> but yeah, you see him pass your uh, small caravan, and he does not stop. Okay. Cool. The rest of the day passes pretty uneventfully as you push on into the after- later afternoon and towards the evening. Uh, Big Gus is no source of conversation, um, unless you really attempt to pry at him. After closer to evening, just before sunset though, he does begin to peel off the road. As he begins to strike in a uh, northwesterly direction. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. You know that your journey will take you directly across a large stretch of mesa ridden wasteland and desert territory to reach the bulwark. There isn't a good road to get you there. Yeah. The road from Blue Gulch to the Sun Pass Tower stretches up and away to the northeast, but that is not the direction you're headed. You're still moving through the large green swaths of Veltland, the prairie out here, and you know that'll stretch on for at least until probably midway to three quarters of the way through the day tomorrow, and after that you'll begin hitting the, the dried cracked lands of the drylands proper. But as you approach sunset and the weird multicolored storm lights begin filling the air around you, uh, Big Gus will look for a convenient stop in the low rolling hills of the prairie and pull the carriage to a stop just before sunset proper in the gloaming twilight. Grawl, you can feel the the coach slowing down at a certain point, and the mayor in all this time has not stirred. I don't know what you did in the carriage the whole time while you were riding, but you rode for probably close to six hours. Drank. <laughs> did you just get I sloppy haven't. drunk? 
I oh, wine so, drunk so, too. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say sloppy drunk. I can keep keeping myself pretty good. Pretty good. Anyways, <laughs> so the, the bathroom in this place. The the smell of very expensive wine wafts out of the carriage. <laughs> Grawl. Oh boy. <laughs> Steps out. Nice. <laughs> like rolls I, out. I fall out. The, the Grawl falls out. The, of the clatter place. of glass bottles rolling out after him. <laughs> Oh boy! Put the bottles in front of me. <laughs> Tripped over him. <laughs> wow. uh, You'll never guess what I found inside. <laughs> Three guesses. It was wine. I think we should give Grawl a break from watch tonight. Yeah, sure. Mm. No, I can do it. Mm. Okay. As you're parked, you see Gus has dismounted from the front of the carriage and is walking over to uh, the side, and he's rolling out what looks like a... It's like one of those awnings that rolls out the, the side of an RV, and he's, like, rolling out two poles to push out this big, wide... What looks like uh, the top of a tent that's gonna, like, mm -hmm. fold down about, like, 20 feet out from the side of the... It's, it's like a... um like a large meeting tent, like in a Roman encampment, less of like yeah. a camping tent. And he's pulling out like these, nice. these terry cloth, like semi-transparent sheets to pull around the outside of this uh, place. He's doing this all silently, still dressed in his like three-piece vest and uh, <laughs> white dress shirt with his tiny little bowler hat on his head. He's the best. This is... Quite a display. Yeah. <laughs> what are you all doing to prepare for camp? Setting up tents. Know, starting tents, a fire, I guess. A fire, Normal people yeah. stuff. You know. <laughs> I'm tossing all the bottles that fell out, like, from a distance back in, into the, the coach. <laughs> it's like, this one's for three points. Guys, do you think I can Just... do one behind the back? I mean, uh, there's only one way to find out, right? Uh, Sid? Oh, wait. <laughs> Regal. Regal. I can do it behind the back. Uh, sure. <laughs> Give then me I walk a... All the way up. Oh, hang on. I walk all the way up to the door and then toss uh, it uh, right uh, behind uh, the back. Uh, uh, from <laughs> here. From here. It's already done. It's already done. Pay up. Pay up. I hand you three copper pieces. <laughs> This is good. This is good. This is good. Sorry. There's a smaller than I remember. Mm -hmm. It's good. You just have really large hands. Because I'm strong. Yep. Five. Sure. The copper pieces, he tries to high five with the hand with the copper. Uh -huh. And they fall on the ground. Sid, make a slide of hand check to take it back. <laughs> Uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> By the time you're done setting up, it is almost fully sunset now. There is no direct sunlight at the very least. Some of the weird storm lights still dance across the sky. Uh, if you had a view of Lake Quelio, uh, in a couple hours you would see the, the, the lake storm lights proper. But you don't. 
The large hills that divide the drylands from the rest of the valley cut your view off of the northern end. But it's around that time that the mayor steps out of the carriage with a big stretch and a yawn. His glasses and hat replaced on his head. And he says, oh my, I seem to have slept through the entire day. Oh, I needed that. It's not very often that I just get to sleep in. Yeah, we, uh, mm -hmm. we missed the company. Anyways, good night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Later. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I'm sure with some kind of evening meal needs to be prepared, and you can glance off to the side, and you'll see that uh, Gus from somewhere off the back of the cart has like wheeled out this big like cast iron uh, cook stove, and has like thumped it down, is beginning to like work some coals, and like he's replaced his bowler hat with a little chef's hat, and he has oh, this like no. tiny apron. Oh, how on. can we say no? I know. Oh, how can I say no what to are that? We what uh, what what food are we talking? Uh, Gus, what kind of uh, food do we have on the itinerary for the evening? And Gus will say, "Fillet of salmon." I immediately How? throw my rations in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you? you can... I... <laughs> uh. <laughs> Okay, except we're in a desert, so, like, how good is this salmon? <laughs> and do you ask that? No, but I'm just wondering. That's a very good hey, question. Hey, we're in a desert. How good is that salmon? <laughs> we're very far away from the only... We're lake. very far... Yeah, very far away from fish <laughs> and water and that kind of stuff. And the mayor will wave a gloved hand and say, Oh, I'm sure Gus has it well in hand. And Gus will nod. Still better than rations. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> do you take the food that the mayor offers? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna... When you say it like that and smile like that while saying it, it makes me say no, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I, I kind of like... I don't know, just like cock my head a little bit and I'm like, do you like fish? Or is it just regular barbecue? I suppose I could have him burn the fish. And a voice from nowhere will say, just, uh, really, really well done. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's not ideal, but like, he's an imp, okay? Like, it's not my it's not my dig, but fine. To our audio listeners, very well done fish is not good. No, Don't eat not. it. It's very not. <laughs> you know what else it isn't good? Living in hell. Yeah. Now that's mm -hmm. true. Honestly. Everything else by comparison is amazing. Um <laughs> As the meal is prepared, uh a a, a lounging chair will be produced from nowhere, and the mayor will uh, sit down inside the, the awning that is set up on the edge of his coach. 
and will uh, fan himself gently with a fan that he'll produce from somewhere and just snap it open and begin fanning himself. Uh, Gus, in the midst of his food prep, will find time somewhere to make a, a pitcher of mint juleps that he will place on a small stand next to the mayor, uh, who will pour himself a drink and uh, waft it a little bit and begin sipping at it. Yeah, uh, I do eat. I do eat my rations. I, I give my portion of fish to the lesser. Okay. Uh, the mayor at some point will glance over at Grawl and ask the rest of you, "Is he doing all right?" Grawl. I mean, you were in there with him. Did you not see him drink all that stuff? Oh, I'm sorry. I was uh, indisposed for most of the day. I was uh, asleep. I, I told him he could avail himself of my uh, alcohol, but um, as Grawl like he clearly did that. He takes, he takes things very literally, just as a note. <laughs> I did not literally tell him to drink all of my wine, and yet uh, I left you some. There's still some left. I didn't drink all of it. <laughs> 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 Vampire man. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> that was meant to last the whole trip, but uh, here we are. <laughs> First day. <laughs> First day is wine. Second day is not wine. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, this is pretty standard. As I had yeah. said before, I am more than willing to take the evening's watch if the four of you wish to get some rest. I'm sure we are more than going to be fraught with excitement and uh, nerve-rattling tension once we leave the bulwark, so there's no reason for you to stress yourselves unduly before we reach there. I mean, we don't mind having a watch up as well. Yeah. Four eyes is better than two. Well, I could be rather more than two eyes, my friend. I have, as they say, eyes for days. Who says that? Yeah, was... And in the distance, you hear the howling of wolves. Oh, that's right. Uh, scraps. And company. And co scraps and co. Oh. <laughs> Rest assured, we are perfectly safe. At least for this stretch of the journey. Once we get out into the wasteland proper, my abilities will diminish a little bit. But for now, at least, you are perfectly safe. Alright, fine. Yeah. So you take your rest? Yeah. Yeah. Should, okay, everybody's gonna take the rest. Okay. Should we keep a fire going? Anyway? Do you ask the mayor? Well, I'm worried about my buddy. It's up to you. And it is cold out, so... Yeah. I mean, if... the Yeah, the mayor can watch the... Watch the fire. Although I don't know if he's a fan of fire, but on general principle, he doesn't really care. 
Well, yeah, I mean, like... I've, like I've, anyone, he doesn't want to be burned alive, but... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if yeah. vampires have a specific aversion to it. Not Or at least this vampire, not necessarily. Gotcha. I guess I asked the lesser if, like, should I build a fire for you? Like, are you gonna, like, survive? <laughs> are you gonna die of exposure <laughs> or something? <laughs> and... When you just ask this to the air? I, I mean, well, he's from the ice level. <laughs> you don't know. He's been, at the very least, he's been invisible. Oh, he didn't eat the fish? Uh, you leave the fish out? Yeah. Okay. Eventually, a four-winged raven will land and start picking at it. Okay. Yeah, that's when I ask him. Okay. And he'll look at you and then, like, look around over at the mayor. Look back at you. Like, I can just say I have a familiar out loud. Like, it's not an issue. The raven will shrug and say, uh, If I was going to die from not having a fire, it would have happened already. Oh, that's right. I always forget. It's hard to think of, of hell as a cold place. It's just a weird cultural thing. Oh, I just meant that, like, you know, you've been sleeping at home for the last couple of days. Oh, yeah, I guess. Haven't exactly been building a campfire at your mom's place. That's true. It's pretty warm there, though. Oh, sure. Just, like... Look. I... If you want to, that'd be great. Sure. If you want one, that's fine. It's not about what I want. Well, it could be. Kid, I don't think you know how this relationship works. Well. If it's about what I want, I don't want to be here anymore. Well, I just mean, like, I don't have to be mean to you all the time. I don't have to just kick you around. I can, you know, at least make this as comfortable for you as possible. I didn't mean to trap you here. And yet. Well, okay. Fine. If you want to leave a fire going, I will avail myself of the amenities. Don't be like that. And the mayor will say, That is a very snooty raven. And I have known <laughs> quite a few ravens in my time. <laughs> All good relationships take time. And he's actually a fiend from hell. Thank you, Tirza. Uh-huh. Oh, I see. Well, then he is a rather average fiend. <laughs> and the lesser will kind of like pop up a little bit and say, Hey, who you call an average? And the mayor will say, You. Oh. <laughs> and the lesser will say, Yeah, okay. <laughs> No, I sleep in the tent too if you want. That was terrifying. Um. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm just gonna, you know, not be super close to 
whatever the fuck he is. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, thanks for the fish. And he'll no flutter off into the darkness. The rest of you get some sleep? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Grawl. <laughs> you go to sleep? Yeah. Had a, had a little bit to drink. Sure did. <laughs> go into the drink lands. Don't, what? don't <laughs> drink and dream, kids. Yeah. yeah. Really, really don't. <laughs> Here is your choice, Grawl. Because okay. there is always a choice. Every night for the last several weeks, you have found yourself finding your way to the Dreamlands. That's mm -hmm. just how the world works now. Since you're fusioned with your dream self, it's become easier to navigate. But you always end up there every single night when you sleep. What you do with that time is up to you. It can pass like a dream. I mean, it is the dreamlands. It can pass uneventfully, and you can accomplish nothing. You can spend your time using the augury to try to divine some piece of information from the dreamlands itself, or you can tread those familiar paths back to the dream version of the archive. Which of these choices you make is entirely up to you. But no matter what, your nights are spent in the Dreamlands. I want those silver keys. You want to do what? Sorry, I lost you a little bit there. I want to look for... Um, at one point, I found a silver key. At one point, your Hexblade was the silver key. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then... I don't remember how I did that. I won't attempt to do that again. I don't know how. Okay. I don't know how I did that. You spend the evening trying to figure out the... the method with which you turned your Hexblade into the Silver Key. Mm-hmm. Give me a sanity check. Twelve. Uh, eight. Eight. Throughout the course of the evening in the Dreamlands, again, time is very strange in the Dreamlands. What can passes the matter of hours in the real world can be days, weeks, months in the Dreamlands. And it can all feel very quick or long or... Time can distend around you in strange ways. You are coming to understand that it is the sword, the hexblade, whatever form it takes, is always the key. Mm -hmm. The hexblade is what lets you get here. The silver key unlocks the door the gates of slumber into the dreamlands. So, so long as you hold your hexblade, you always have the key. Okay. 
Um, the key does not unlock any door other than the one that you walk through every night when you fall asleep. Okay. Now, when I turned the Hexblade into, like, a tome, mm -hmm. there were three, like, silver clasps on it, right? Correct. Okay. Those Were those, like, locked at all? Or were those just, like, just, like, little bindings I could undo? They were bound in some fashion that you didn't necessarily comprehend. Okay. Do you attempt to summon the book again? Yep. You find that the first clasp is undone. Spooky. Okay. Um, are there, like, because I've been here so much, have I, are there any areas that I have, like, notably not gone to? So much. You don't think you've seen even a fraction of this place yet. Okay. The Dreamlands is effectively infinite. Okay. Um, I would like to go uh, attempt to go to some place I haven't been to yet. Okay. You find yourself at uh, the Screaming Mountains of Karzan. It is a mountain which has four heads jutting from its side that scream at different intervals. And it's said if you listen to the screams long enough, eventually ancient secrets will be revealed. Terrible. A bad place. <laughs> there are people positioned around that mountain in different places, some with their heads bowed in worship, some sitting in, like, lotus poses, all of them just, like, waiting to absorb the screams in the effective way that will give them some sort of revelation. Some of them humanoid, some of them very much not. But that is a place you discover within the Dreamlands. Yay. And then you wake up. And it is now the second day of Ember. Do you all travel in much the same fashion as you did the day before? Uh, uh yeah. yeah. Grawl, do you get back in the mayor's carriage? I'm getting back in the mayor's carriage, but my god, the headache. Uh, no, no, no drinking today. <laughs> I don't want to be on a little, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you the carriage because it's dark. I was just about to say, yeah, you probably don't want to be riding a horse today. Mm -mm. You and the mayor are both going to be sleeping. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna wake up, break down, and then go back to sleep inside the inside the carriage. Breaking down the camp is easy enough. You've gotten used to this routine at a certain point. Uh -huh. You begin. Yes. I was just going to say, Tirza will, like, do a little, work a little faster and a little harder so that Grawl doesn't, yeah, he's clearly feeling it. <laughs> I'll be um, helpful. Do any of us feel particularly woozy? Or, like, we're missing any blood? <laughs> Not as far as I mean, you can tell. I definitely feel that way, but... <laughs> when you wake up, the mayor will greet you. Uh, he will wake you up before first light. 
and uh, say that it's time to get a move on. And so by the time Dawn is creeping across the mountains, uh, you have your camp packed up. Uh, he does express that since you got a late start yesterday, you need to pick up the pace a little bit. Uh, and he apologizes in advance because when you cross into the the wasteland proper out of the prairies, uh, he is going to need to remain inside of his coach, specifically in his uh, a state of rest, as he calls it, uh, while the sun is up. Okay. So like not too much different from yesterday. Uh as but as opposed to yesterday where it's like at around noon, like at the highest point in which the sun was up, he was outside. Oh, that's right. That's Yeah, true. with like uh, a okay. parasol. I guess I guess just in terms of like traveling. Yeah. But he says as soon as they cross over into the wasteland proper, he will not be able to exit his carriage during the day. Okay. Okay. And that you should be particularly aware of that if danger presents itself. Mr. Mayor, Mr. Mayor, we really need you up here. Uh, Okay, we'll do. I'll be very serious about it. And he is pretty serious about it, though he does it with a blase nature. Just like, Mm -hmm. I'll be rather indisposed while the sun is in the sky, so I apologize in advance if there's anything... uh, untoward that you would otherwise need my aid with, but unfortunately, outside of my domain, certain practices must be observed. That's no problem. We have much experience traveling through dangerous areas. And rest assured, Gus will have your back should the need arise. And Gus who's, like, packing up the stove and, like, rolling up the, the tent awning, will go, mm. Good old Gus. He is a delightful character. <laughs> so you get a move on on the second day of travel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Grawl riding inside the coach yet again. Uh, escaping the sun yourself before it creeps too high into the sky. Yeah, the, we need some fantasy Excedrin. The, the, <laughs> the jangle of glass is a, a taunting noise with inside the carriage as it moves across the open fields here. Just the worst. <laughs> as you move, I need everyone except for Grawl, who is inside the carriage, to make perception checks. Yeah. Oh, boy. Come on. Grawl, can you perceive how hungover you are? It's the only thing I can perceive. Sixteen for me. Fourteen for me. Cherish. Yeah? At around just past midday, maybe after your first break, in which you've stopped to water and feed your horses a little bit and take some light refreshment yourselves, you notice a strange sight moving through the sky to the north of you. Mm-hmm. In the distance, it it's not a bird. Because at first you think the speck is moving and it's, it's up in the sky, so first instinct is to say bird. Yeah. Or plane. But, well, 
<laughs> Fantasy plane. As you strain your eyes and look after it, though, it's not moving like a bird. You don't know what it is. It's got a strange... It looks like an upside-down... The silhouette of it is an upside-down T-shape. Oh. You don't know what to make of it, but it's just like an okay. outline in the distance. And it, it moves across the sky, and then you lose sight of it behind a patch of clouds. As you're mouthing words at not the podcast listeners, that's for sure. You're and, talking, and, I don't want to talk also, over you. And also not me, because I can't read lips, so <laughs> it's Hold fine. On, I'm, look I'm looking for the proper emoji. Well, anyway, <laughs> that is what you see. Okay. <laughs> Alright. Oh. Okay, I'll make note of it. Like, just keep an eye out. Weird thing in the sky. You tell that to your party members? Yep. Okay. Okay. Moving through the rest of the day is fairly uneventful. As you get into the later afternoon, you do hit a line in the sand, as it were. The prairie lands, the green rolling grasslands, just abruptly stop. And you notice this before on your way down here. There's just a line in the dry lands where the, the green veldt of area around Blue Gulch, the farmable, arable land, just ends. And it becomes this dry, gritty wasteland. Red sands stretching off, tall mesas dot the the horizon. And you marked it as odd before, and it's especially odd now, away from the road, where there's no signpost saying Blue Gulch that way. It's just like, mm -hmm. this is where nice stops, and that's where cruel begins. Yeah. It's at a place much like this, where a young Cherish Ironstrike frowned a half-dead Grawl crawling out of the wasteland. Beginning and as, of a beautiful friendship. Okay. <laughs> as you cross that line, you immediately feel the difference in not only how the cart moves, but in how your horses move. There's like the the ground is less soft here. You're moving across hard packed dirt that begins kicking up mm -hmm. dust. And you immediately see the difference in your clothing and your horses as this dust is being thrown up. It's this dust in particular is where the, the Dustwater District of Stormhaven gets its name. Because the, oh. the dusts of the drylands blow in towards that side of Stormhaven. Oh, that makes sense. Cool. Continuing north, there is not much else that breaks up the monotony of the day. Until a little bit before sunset. At which point oh, I need you all to make... One more perception check. That makes sense. Uh, no, not you. You're still in the cart. Okay, I just oh. you said near sunset. I didn't know if you were out or not. I got another dirty 20. Dirty 20? Uh, 22 again. Mm. Nice. Tirza is wearing scale armor and is very hot. I got a 7. <laughs> Oh no, I'm sorry, an eight. 
Sid mm-hmm. and Cherish, mm-hmm. you notice the strange, it's not a flock, but formation of what looks like winged creatures streak down out of the sky. There are three of them in total. And they are moving down on quick beating wings. At first you think they're birds, but as they're shrieking down out of the sky, you can see that they are in fact long pointed short swords with strange wings hovering just off to the sides of their hilts, screaming down out of the sky towards you. And so you are not taken by surprise, thankfully, as these things hurtle down out of the sky. Uh Uh-huh. And I need everyone to roll initiative. Oh! I think, think like, the moment where they would have taken us by surprise is Cherish, like, looking at Sid and pointing up, like, what? (laughs) Maybe they're friends. What the fuck is that? As these flying swords descend from the sky. Shit. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. In a while. Oh, hey. 25 to 20? Uh, 21 for me. Okay. 15 to 20? I got a 15. Okay. Good time. 10 to 15? 5 to 10? I got a 6. 5. Oh, wait, no, I also got a (laughs) 6. Oh, shit. I'm I'm inside the cart, so... That's true. Grawl's gonna be last. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sid. Mm Mm-hmm. They're shrieking out of the sky. They're maybe 60 feet up. Uh, can I... Uh, hold my action until they get within striking range. I draw my sword. Okay. You're still on horseback? Yes. Okay. Are we stop? Are we? I, I guess I say to the group, are we stopping and fighting them? The coach is continuing to move at the very least. All right. Yeah. Let's yeah do I mean, thing. we can yeah. move and if fight we need at the same time. We'll Okay, in that case, I will say that at the top of the initiative track, everything will move. Okay. In terms of horses and carts and swords. Okay. Uh, at which, so, Sid, you just ready uh, an attack action? Yeah. Okay. The swords then will sweep down out of the sky, and as they get dangerously close, they seem to be, like, making their formation hover just above the, the group as you're, like moving at a pretty decent trot. You can see that the the wings to either side of the hilt are not actually attached to the hilt. They seem to be hovering just past the hilts of these swords. And on the center of the pommel, you see gleaming what look like sapphires with inlaid jet at their center to almost resemble eyes that glance down at you. I hate this. Yeah. That brings Weird. us to Tirza, as the swords spent their whole turn catching up with the group and hovering above you. Um, They're hovering about ten feet above you. Oh, ten feet? Oh, huh, okay. Uh, cool. I will... Um, shit, I won't even use a javelin for this. I'm just gonna literally, like, huck my warhammer up through them. 
I'm gonna cast Storm Strike. Okay. Hey. Uh... Yeah. Okay. While on reindeer back. Yeah. While you're sure. moving. You don't have the gauntlet anymore, dog. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's <laughs> hilarious. I can go get it. It'll be fine. It'll just okay. fall to the ground. Okay. It's up. Right. You know what? It's your turn. So <laughs> you do your you, I guess. Uh, no, she said Warhammer. <laughs> she said Warhammer. Yeah. It's uh, a Warhammer. Okay. Well, I, I mean, you have a mace now. I mean, you might as well just discard your old shit. So. Yes. You're doing great, kid. It's gonna be I can fine. go get it. Yeah, you're doing great. Yeah. What? And it's like straight up, right? So yeah. when it falls, I'll just catch it. Because you know While what moving? happens when you're moving? <laughs> <laughs> I think, okay, I think it's a great plan. Let's just do it. Let's you know just what? Do it. Yeah, uh, yeah let's just dumb, do this. Tears is dumb enough that it's fine. Yeah, let's do this. Uh, tears is dumb enough to know how physics works, I guess. <laughs> Stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> Does a 23 hit? Um, there Are they They're in a formation? Is there one that's like... They're in a flying uh, V. Cool. I'll just do... Is there any way... F uh, yeah, how close together are they? They are each about 10 feet apart. Oh, damn. Damn those fuckers. Um, sorry, swearing. Um, Cherish, you are on deck, by the way. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I'm assuming a 22 hits. Yes, indeed. Cool. Awesome. Um, sorry. That is... This is a storm strike, you said? Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Why the hell not? Sure, yeah. Well, I was... Well, I was hoping that they were... I should have asked before I said this, but I was hoping that they were, like, close together because they're small. But mm, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's fine. That's eight bludgeoning and uh twenty four lightning. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, that's uh -huh. if that's if they fail their dex dex. Uh, <laughs> Which they have dis they have disadvantage on because you landed the attack. Yes? I hit. <laughs> So, their deck save is a 19, even with disadvantage. Oh, Ooh. damn. Well, yeah. then they only take... Uh, 12. Yeah. 12 plus 7 bludgeoning? Mm-hmm. And is this the Mace of Smiting? No. no. It's just my hammer. hammer. Okay. Um, so, 19 total? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, uh, this just, like, rockets through one of these flying swords and just shatters it in the air as the hammer goes up and lightning comes down and they meet in the middle at this sword and there is a shattering of steel. Awesome. Hey, Yo. cool, that one's gone. <laughs> and then your hammer thumps unceremoniously to the ground behind you. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'll go get it next time. It'll okay. be fine. Mm -hmm. Cherish, we're over to you. Uh, I cast Firebolt at one of them. Okay. Grawl, you are on deck, by the way. 
You definitely heard the 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 of lightning happen outside. Just about to ask, like, do I even know what's going on? Like, is the carriage soundproof? I think the carriage is also sped up. Yeah, okay. 25. 25 will hit. To attack. Alright. 2d10 fire damage. Uh, 9. 9 damage. Okay. Tough to say if that had a ton of effect. It is a sword. Yeah. Kind of figured. With weird magic wings hovering nearby. That mm -hmm. will bring us to Grawl. Okay. Um, magic missile next time. Does me opening are there windows or just nope. the door? It's just the door. Windows. Okay. A single okay. door leading out of this compartment. So, does me opening does me opening the door count as an action? No, that is like manipulate object, which you can do as a move action. I'll say. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Uh, I'd like to. Open the door, and then uh, like st stick my head and arm out for an Eldritch Blast. Okay. Up at, up at whatever is chasing us. Alright. Um, You glance out the... Give me a perception check. See if you can... He just throws the door open and shoots Eldritch. Yeah. <laughs> I just woke up. Uh, well, my perception check was, uh, was a one, so... You have no idea what's happening as you see <laughs> the rest of your party is riding behind you. Uh, yeah, and you don't see any... There's nothing seems to be wrong here. You're not quite sure. It's the ruckus. Yeah. Okay. Give it down out there. Jeez, <laughs> what what is the big deal? We don't need to get there any faster. As yeah, the the coach has definitely begun to outpace the uh, the horses that the adventurers are riding on. I'm assuming the three of you slowed down a little bit to do some attacks, or else it would be a lot harder to be throwing warhammers and firebolts and. That's true. Yeah. Okay, uh, so Grawl, uh, yeah, you don't see anything wrong with the scenario. Would you like to do anything else? I'm, I, no. I don't know what's going on. What's going on? Good call. Yeah. yeah. Flying magical swords. Flying magical swords. <laughs> Point up. Oh. My god. Okay. <laughs> Good god, y'all. Okay, you are now aware of the scenario. Perfect. Okay, that's as, that's as much as I can get out of this situation. Yeah, that's if you, you botched a perception check. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, wait, you rolled yeah. a botch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I need you to roll me a sanity check then. <gasps> oh, that's right. Lol. <laughs> that's okay because it's a seven, and you're fine. Yeah. Magic swords. Whoa. <laughs> you know. Oh, it must be Tuesday. <laughs> All right. So, Sid, you were prepping an attack if anything swooped in. Uh, nothing yeah. swooped, though, so we're sort of back over to you. And they're ten feet above us? Yeah. Uh, not much I can do. You could try to uh, jump that. 
You're an acrobat. Foot, Stand up on your horse. Ten yeah. foot vertical leap um, <laughs> off a moving <laughs> horse. Horse <laughs> uh, teamwork. Hey, he he hung out with the bard bard college for a while. Mm-hmm. Guild. Yeah, the bard's guild. Um. What you think I should stand on my on my horse? Oh, no, don't! I mean, <laughs> fuck yes. I, yes be pretty no. cool. It would be Do very it. cool if you did it be and it didn't smart. die. <laughs> Mike, if I stood on my horse, I still couldn't reach the swords. Like the very tip of Stormpiercer. It, like, it would oh, if yeah, you if you made an attack, it would be at disadvantage. Right, and okay. and I would require an animal handling check. Okay. Yeah. 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 That was the worry. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good on that. Uh, I guess I'll just. I I I imagine I have one hand on the reins and storm piercing the other hand, and I'm going to hold my action again in case one of them gets close. Okay. Sid, give me a perception check. Yeah. Let's see which one. Uh, that's going to be uh, 18. Okay. Uh, that will come into play later. That will bring us to swords. Um, actually, it's going to come into play right now. Um, oh, good. You see the two swords that are left part and then reformat themselves to be above uh, Tirza and cherish. Uh, okay. It's because we attacked them. Yes. Yeah, probably. Hell yeah. <laughs> nice. You also notice the slight disturbance in the air from the dust being kicked up by the coach as something moves through, something invisible moves through the dust towards the coach. Oh, that's not good. Sid is the only person who knows this. The swords then plunge down out of the sky and attack. Uh, You think they're about to attack Tirza and Cherish. The second sword then swings at the last moment to also attack Tirza. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Nice. (laughs) Cool. Wait a minute. (laughs) Does a 19 hit your AC? God damn it. Yeah. But I'm guessing an 8 does not. No. Okay, so one of the sword comes streaking in and hits you for a whopping four slashing damage as it streaks Ooh. across you. I'm unconscious. No. <laughs> uh, okay. Grawl. Yep. I need you to give me a wisdom saving throw. Oh, lovely. Okay, wisdom saving throw. I believe it's wisdom. One second. Okay. Um, Yes, wisdom saving throw. 22. 22, okay. Uh, You feel a hypnotic suggestion attempt to enter your brain, and you resist it. As a voice says, kill the driver. What? But you resist it. Okay. Uh, oh. Am I still hanging out the door? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Perfect. What did Gus ever do to me? <laughs> uh, 
That brings I like us, that guy. That brings us to Tirza. You are being flanked by two flying swords. Cool. How close are they? They me? are within ten feet of you, but on either side. Awesome. But, I'm gonna. Uh, but they are flying I'm... parallel with you. Okay. Um. I'm gonna draw the mace of smiting from my belt. Okay. Where it's covered by the cloak. Mm-hmm. And I'll just um uh because they were all like zipping around, is this like uh that shell game where I can't tell which is the one that Cherish has already attacked? It was tough to tell to begin with because there doesn't seem to be a ton of discernible damage on these things. Cool. Um yeah, I'll just do the one on my right then. Okay. Uh beep beep beep. Uh oh, damn. Another twenty three. Twenty three will hit. Mm-hmm. Cherish you are on deck, by the way. Mm-hmm. What do we got for okay. damage? And uh if I could do Divine Smite, sorry. Ooh, um okay. That's six bludgeoning and uh, eight radiant. And I believe the Mace of Smiting does something against Constructs? It does. It's an extra 2d6 damage. Well then, guess what a flying sword is. Oh, wait. Extra... Oh, no, no, no. That's only if I make it a uh, roll a 20. Oh, okay. Uh... Yeah, I just get... Oh, but I do get a plus three to damage. Cool, so an extra three damage. Okay, so what does that bring our total to? Eight plus six plus three is 17. Okay. Uh, Yeah, you shatter this sword out of the sky. As that was the one that Cherish burned before, and you just... Awesome. Which brings us to Cherish. I magic missile the one to her left. Okay. First level, yeah. second level? Um, I was just going to do first level, but let's do second level. Or third just level? For, just for fun. Maybe fourth level? Mm. And... Th- let's see. Raul, you're on deck, by the way. Yep. Yeah, let's... Um, I'm just second level. Okay. Let's not get crazy. Let's get nuts. <laughs> oh God, we're we talking about shoes, pistachios. Oh. We don't. It's more of a legume. Six. What do we got for damage? Because this is just an auto hit. Stop. Four, six, <laughs> nine. <laughs> It's been so long since we've been in combat. <laughs> Thirteen. Thirteen damage, alright. Streaks of golden-lighted magic missiles streak across the sky and blast into this sword. It wavers a little bit, but it's not down. That brings us to Grawl. Okay. <clears throat> now, now that I've seen the problem, <laughs> I would like to try and do an Eldritch Blast. <laughs> okay. You attempt to cast Eldritch uh, okay. Blast? 
Yes. All right. As you do, the spell fizzles in your hand. What? You feel some kind of opposite force just suppress the spell as it begins to form in your hand. Oh. Oh. One of those. Yeah. It seems, it feels like somebody countered your spell. Yep. (laughs) Okay. You know who I hope it is? Our good, good friend. (laughs) No, why would he be here? That'd be silly. No, he wouldn't be this, like, overt. Anything else? Nope. Okay. I, uh, I should probably actually no, no. I'm going to warn the mayor. Oh. Are you gonna close the door? Well, I mean, sure. So you just click close the door into the carriage. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Okay. Cool. And you go scampering down the to the very end of the carriage to the mayor's coffin. Because yes. that's what I do. I I scamper. <laughs> I mean, it's tough to do anything else while you're in a bouncing carriage. Uh Uh-huh. All right. That will bring us up to the top to Sid. Yes. So I saw something behind the carriage in the dust. Is that correct? Correct. Uh, I would like to charge at it. Okay. You just saw something pass through the dust cloud. You don't know exactly, like, its precise location. Uh, that would okay. require another perception check or an investigation check, actually. Uh, I'm much worse at investigation, but yeah, you already I can... perceived that it was there. Now you need to either, I would say, yeah, investigation out. or maybe survival. Uh, they're both the same. Um, so <laughs> I will just do, uh, I'll get closer to the back. I'll shout at everybody's like, I think something invisible is behind the cart. Uh, and then I make my way there with an investigation check. Oh, my hammer is back that way. Nope. Yeah. Uh, you are already a hundred and like sixty crazy. feet past where the hammer fell. Oh my god, we're moving so fast. I thought that was gonna be like a dash away. That's the, funny. <laughs> the horses and the carriages are moving at full speed at the cool. top of every round. Uh yeah. that hammer and you have to use the smiting one now. Mm-hmm. Uh, my investigation check was five, so that probably does not succeed. Um, so I guess I'm just hanging out behind the carriage or near the back of the carriage. After you shouted, there's something invisible here. You suddenly are struck by the ridiculousness of looking for something that's invisible. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) I feel so useless. God damn it. Uh, Uh, is that all you do? I can do something. Uh, well, that's that was an action uh, investigating. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what else to do other than keep on looking. Okay. The remaining flying sword will suddenly do a, a very sickening lurch in ninety degrees and then go straight up. Okay. okay. And let's see. Sid. Yep. I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. 
Okay. Wisdom plus two. Okay. Uh, thirteen. Thirteen. You feel. Actually, you are a half elf. Yeah. You have some kind of advantage against magic saving throws of some kind. I don't. I forget the exact type. Uh, I believe it is. I can look at it right now. Uh, advantage on saving throws against being charmed. Ooh, this... uh, and magic cannot put me to sleep. This is definitely a charm effect. So, cool. Uh, so let's roll another one. See if you can beat that thirteen. Uh, 16? <laughs> that is very good. Okay. You feel <laughs> Incrementally better. You feel the suggestion <laughs> roll off of your mind as a voice <sighs> from somewhere very close by uh, tells you to flee off into the wasteland. Oh, that is good. <laughs> but you resist the suggestion. Uh-huh. And... A voice, invisible, somewhere nearby, says, Merd. Okay. Okay. And that will bring us to Tirza. I can... I mean, maybe not, but can we just all agree that we know that that's the infernal word? shit because uh, Cherish says it so often. You would actually know that because of that yeah. precise reason then. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the last one is 10 feet up. No, it's like 60 feet it's, up. Yeah, shot straight up. Damn. Well, fuck. I'm gonna... Um, how far away is the carriage? It is maybe 20 feet away from you. Cool. I will... Um... I will, like, ride up, so I'm... Okay. Like, up on it. Okay. Uh, Cherish? Um... Hmm. I am also going to ride up closer to the carriage and Sid. Uh... And I'm going to attempt to ask the lesser, or call out to the lesser. Okay. Yeah. I want to know if he can see invisible stuff. Hmm. That is a very good question. One I don't know the answer to off the top of my head. Um, imp. I mean, like, probably not, but... Mm, no. Okay. It can see through magical darkness, so that's cool. Um, yeah, dang. But it cannot see invisible things. And uh, the lesser will appear suddenly in his four-winged raven form, flapping next to your horse, like keeping along in the air. And he'll say, Sorry, kid, I got nothing. Okay, well, thanks anyway. Somebody's casting spells around here, though. Yeah. Or, no, I wouldn't know that. Thank you for that tip. <laughs> and whoop, vanish again. Yeah. And that will bring us to Grawl. Um, 
have I woke have have I woken up the mayor or am I you're at his coffin? Uh, I'm gonna do the you know the old dun 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 dun. Shaving a haircut. I know. Uh, You knock on the mayor's coffin and there is no response. Yep. Okay. I I, like I pulling the rope isn't gonna do anything because it's just gonna let Big Gus know. Big Gus seems aware of the situation. That's why the cart <laughs> sped exactly. up. That's what, yeah, like, pulling the rope won't do anything. <laughs> well, anyways. I don't want to open... I don't want to... I don't want to <laughs> open it. I don't... <laughs> no? No. No? That, I just imagine <laughs> that ending poorly. Just I, real I, bad for I me. don't know how it would. Interrupting a vampire's sleep? Worked pretty mm-hmm. well for Jonathan Harker. Yeah. <laughs> Abraham Anyways. Van Helsing seemed to have different yeah. ideas. Yeah. Anyways, well, I did my best. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, anyway. Oh, God. You gotta, gotta, gotta. Oh, man. man. Okay. Well, Grawl takes a seat and. <laughs> Does nothing. I'm, I'm going to the door to attempt to help. Okay. Yeah. So you go back to the door and like poke your head out. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sid, you are still riding near to the cart, and there doesn't appear to be any more sign of anything. The sword is hurtled back off into the sky, and you've never been able to see the invisible person. Nope. Uh, I tell them that something tried to cast a spell on me, and when it didn't work... As Grawl sticks their head outside the, uh, the door of the carriage as well, you start saying this. Yeah. Um, yeah, they tried to cast a spell on me, and it didn't work, and then they swore in... Your... in Infernal, I think? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's what I know about what's happening. Still don't see anything. I don't know. I guess I can make another investigation check, but. If only one of us could see magical effects. That'd be great. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm coming. Okay. No, your, your, your head's, your head is sticking outside the door. Hmm? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, crawl, you get all this information that Sid conveys. And it doesn't appear as though you're in any immediate threat. We're sort of out of initiative now. Oh, well, excellent. Okay. Right, well, then uh, Elvis said it is. That's weird. You cast Eldritch Sight? Mm-hmm. It is so disorienting to keep Eldritch Sight going while you're moving at full speed inside of a cart uh, that mm-hmm. is just rolling across the plains faster than any cart you've ever been in. Um because of the way it has suspension, it's just like moving very steadily across this uneven ground, and the horses are going at uh, a little bit faster than a trot, not quite a gallop. But they begin to slow down as Gus like glances ahead over, and as you look around, you can see that you see the magic of your friends if they're close enough to observe, and you see that they, the coach is in some way magical, but it seems to be 
You're not entirely sure. There's some kind of uh, abjuration magic on the coach itself. Hmm. But other than that, there's nothing around. I would well. Uh, or at least nothing within 30 feet that Grawl can see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's still a, a sort of Damocles, as it were, correct? I mean, it's zipping so far up into the sky that you can just barely make out the speck that disappears up into the big blue. That's really weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so we're definitely keeping watch tonight, right? Yep. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. definitely, that's in case the swords come back, that is a weird sentence to say. Well, there's only one, because I. You don't know. Maybe it has a family. Maybe, Maybe it has more. friends. Yeah. Cherish, just, have you ever heard of a flying sword? A flying sword? Um, That's a good question. Probably have to roll something for that. Arcana would generally be good. Uh, well, not with a 10, probably. I mean, you can make objects like, yeah, hover and fly. Like, that's not super unheard of. Sid, magic is everywhere around us. Look around you, <laughs> my boy. Uh, it, the, the manner in which they were animated to fly at you is a little peculiar. The whole, like, wings not attached to the swords is... Yeah. Very specific. Um, but The way those jewels looked like eyes, that was funky. Yeah. yeah. We had flying us in the middle of the desert. Kind of funky. Yeah, mm -hmm. also weird, generally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But outside of that, you don't know anything specifically. Uh, animating stuff would be conjuration magic, right? Correct. Yeah. And something tried to compel Sid. That's enchantment. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Tirza would know that. Just kidding. Well, I Cherish will say that then. Okay. Yeah, and something wanted me to kill the driver. That that's also enchantment. That's the same thing. Probably yeah, the I same. Know. I'm person. just letting you know. I'm just. Yeah. Things happen. That's weird. And they swore an infernal. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, lots of. Lots of folks speak infernal, so like it's probably not somebody we know. That'd be a weird coincidence. <laughs> I mean, we are like on a I don't know, not top secret mission to save the valley, but like I don't know if anything that happens to us is coincidence anymore. Probably not. <laughs> As the rest of the day unfolds before you there is nothing so eventful as the flying swords that came out of nowhere to try to accost you. You continue on for the rest of the day, and eventually you hit very even, or very uneven, scab land that begins rolling up to the north. Large, cr craggy outcroppings of basalt that jut up from the land. The coach miraculously seems to be able to pass over a lot of this 
the the wheels moving in like very weird kind of caterpillary ways to get over the uh the rocks and the horses draw, drawing the carriage seems almost unimpeded by the terrain as well they seem to be moving in a weird like up and down sleigh like motion your own horses have a little bit of difficulty but considering they're not attached to a cart they are very capable of picking their way around rocky outcroppings yeah yeah Horses are really good at that. It's kind of freaky. Mm -hmm. As you approach twilight, yet again, on the second day of Ember, the coach eventually comes to a stop in a, a rocky outcropping uh, that is like a slight rise to the east. And so your eastern flank is covered by a large stone edifice. And then the west looks out over desolate wasteland until it terminates at the storm wall. Though that is miles and miles and miles and miles away. Yeah. You begin making camp again? Yeah, we... I mean, I guess if Gus doesn't tell the mayor what happened, then we will, but I see yeah. that that's a conversation that will happen. And when twilight finally comes, the mayor will extract himself from the coach. Another big yawn. Oh my, what did I miss? Um, Hope the road wasn't particularly boring today. Uh, what? definitely not. Flying not. swords or anything but. Flying swords? Wait, what? Yeah, we were attacked by flying swords. Uh, and maybe something invisible? I don't know. Oh my. Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah. Not particularly, no. Uh, Gus, did you see any of this? And Gus will go, hmm. And he'll say, whoa, that is serious. Mm -hmm. Gus is overly concerned. Being attacked by random flying objects is not what I would call normal. No. Not here in the drylands and not anywhere else as far as I know. <clears throat> we will definitely have to keep an eye out then. Yes. Uh, yes. We will definitely be keeping watch tonight. Yeah. I am more than capable of keeping watch through the evening, though if any of you wish to accompany me, if I, I welcome you to do so. I'm a famously good conversationalist in the wee hours of the night. <sighs> yeah, as distasteful as Cherish finds that, I do think it is necessary. So I'd yeah. rather she will at die. Least, <laughs> she will at least keep watch, do her watch. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What is our watch order? Same as normal? I think the regular yeah. one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's do it. So Sid, Cherish, Tears of Grawl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Sid, you take first watch and mm. the mayor has set himself up in a lounge chair on top of his carriage, sort of like looking up at the the brilliant night sky above you. His dappled starlight filters down unhindered by any light pollution this far out from Blue Gulch. The moon is 
waxing towards full, though it probably won't reach it till uh, a little bit after the summit. Mm-hmm. Where do you... Do you stick by the fire? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So the, the mayor's a little bit outside that ring of fire, though you can hear him gently humming to himself and it drifts to you in the night air. It is low and beautiful. Haunting, even. And the... the the sound of that song grips you in a strange way that mm. brings on sadness that isn't your own. Is it similar to the feeling I felt when I was holding the ring? It feels like a sort of an echo of that. Okay. It's bringing about a feeling that belongs to whoever Sergei was. That's a beautiful song you're humming there. And the mayor will go, hmm? Oh, uh, pardon me. Lost in thought. What is the what song is it? I'm not familiar with it. Oh, it's an old song from, well, it's not from around here. I'll say that much. Yeah. Don't know if you know anything about the Vistani. I sort of doubt it. Nope. I'm I'm not even gonna roll for that. Uh <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh no, it doesn't doesn't ring a bell. Are they musicians? Bards? Of a sort. Of a sort. Mm -hmm. They were fine people, unbound by, well, anything, really. Sounds like bards. Yeah. They had their, they had the ways with songs. And I always appreciated if, I didn't always know how to express that appreciation. Do you play any instruments? <laughs> uh, yes, but I don't suppose you happen to pack a violin. Not on me, no. Well. Can't seem to find a stringed instrument to save my life. <laughs> Unfortunate. I'm sure you'd make a dashing bard yourself. You know, I always thought, I always thought about it, but... Uh, never owned an instrument myself. Uh, oh, I guess I'm already pretty good at sword fighting, so can't have too many talents. <laughs> <laughs> Modesty seems to be one of your greatest talents. <laughs> well, I I am very well tested. Uh, I feel like my track record speaks for itself. <laughs> Undoubtedly. But I have always felt sort of a hmm like a respect for, for, for musicians. There's music is uh well, it's hard to put into words. I don't know enough about music to really describe it, but it 
it. The point of music is not to put it into words, Sid. <laughs> music is the soul of the words. It's the thing yeah. you tap your feet to. It's not the thing you think about. It. It can. It transports me sometimes. The mayor will sort of nod, as if in understanding. Back when, uh, yeah, reminds me of happier times. I can't quite say as much, but it at least serves to remind me of what we're fighting for. Yeah. After a little yeah. while, he'll start humming to himself again. Not the yeah, same tune. I, I, it's a it's a different little cheerier one. Maybe something the band played at the cotillion. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I think Sid just kind of doesn't really know what else to say. Okay. Your watch passes uneventfully. Eventually, you pass it over to Cherish. Cherish, you're woken up in the middle of the night. Uh, Sid rousing you from your sleep as you gain your bearings and see the mayor has pushed himself off the top of the cart and is standing out near the edge of your firelight, staring out into the, the distant wasteland. His arms crossed behind his back, his sunglasses still on, though his hat removed, his suit jacket is laid over a chair and his sleeves have been rolled up. And you're muted. Yeah. <laughs> my bad. Uh, <laughs> I said, uh, uh, yeah, like, okay, I'll take my... Is there, like, a log that we're sitting on or, like, just the ground or, like, a rock? Uh, the mayor has you're provided fine. camp chairs. Okay, yeah, I'll sit down and start my watch. Okay. The mayor will just continue to stare out into the darkness. Is back to you. Keep like letting out these long yeah. breaths. <laughs> and yeah. the mayor is not reacting. And a small voice somewhere nearby says, Could cut the tension with a knife. The only things I want to ask are just going to make it more tense. There's no response from the lesser. And your watch <sighs> passes. <laughs> minute by minute. Hour by hour. Stew in your own silence. Slowly approaching the time in which you must awaken Tirza. Okay. <laughs> Why have you been mayor for 300 years? The mayor will turn and glance at you. Just wrap around Smooth. sunglasses, reflecting the firelight. 
and he'll say, Because the people of Blue Gulch voted me in. Okay, but, like, that's not what I mean. Like, there's a term limit on the mayor, the mayoral position. Like, everybody knows that. (laughs) Well, clearly there isn't. I seem to be overwhelmingly popular. Do with this what you will, but... Overwhelmingly popular and slightly feared are not quite the same thing. You employ half of the town. And... There is a feeling that if you weren't consistently elected, that you would take that business elsewhere and a lot of people would be out of work. And you suggest that I... what? Resign as mayor and tell the people of Blue Gulch, do not vote for me. Do not write my name on ballots. Do not elect me your leader. But I will remain in my large house on the hill. I will remain to give you succor and public works to continue to employ you. Rest assured that even though I insist on not being a leader of this community, that I shall continue to do all the things a leader would do otherwise. Yeah. That's what you want me to do? Because Lord knows I am willing to give it a third try. Two hundred and sixty-four years ago, I tried that once. One hundred and seventy-six years ago, I tried it a second time. I am willing to shoot for three. Somehow my name keeps ending up on that ballot. And he'll give you a big wide smile and he says, and honestly, I don't necessarily mind. Clearly. I just think that the illusion of choice is not exactly choice. That's all. There's always a choice, Cherish. There's no illusions where choice is concerned. Sometimes that choice is hard. Sometimes that choice will get you killed. But there is always a choice. Whether or not folk are willing to make that choice is firmly out of my hands. 
you can say you don't have control over the situation all you want, but fostering an environment where people don't feel like they can make that choice is also not great. And I guess that's all I have to say on the matter. I feel the same way about Zenerva. And the mayor will let out a long, throaty belly laugh that is one part wholesome and two parts disturbing. The laugh will echo around the campsite and out into the darkness, somewhere near the wagon. Big Gus will let out a snort and a grunt and roll over and then continue snoring. And the mayor will look at you and say, I needed that. Thank you. I consider any comparison to that woman a high compliment indeed. Okay. I see what you're getting at, Cherish. I really do. And... If there was a way for me to try to do good outside of the position I am in, I would be more than willing to do it. But again, I ask you, what would you have me do? Cherish Ironstrike, please instruct me. Don't be patronizing, first of all. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that would be great. <laughs> he can't help it. He's a vampire. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> he is trapped in his nature. And maybe somebody should free him. <laughs> no. Uh... Van Richten tried. <laughs> Look, I've said what I needed. To... I've said what I wanted to say. You can not give a shit if you don't want. You can think I'm foolish, whatever. I, I really don't care. I do not think you are foolish, child. I just do not see a proper alternative. As I said, I have tried that route twice before. And in 10 years, 15, 20... People start thinking differently. People start seeing me as an honest, good person who is trying to do the best for the city, and they think, should not this person lead us in a more formal setting? And everything moves in cycles. Tomorrow, I could go back to Blue Gulch and say, I am not May anymore. Hold new elections. But if I continue doing what I do, trying to do good for the city, give it three decades, and I'll be mayor again. It's just the way these things go. You have been heard, though, Cherish Ironstrike. And please tell me if you come up with a soluble alternative to this situation. 
I do not wish to rule with fear. I mean, okay, out of character. Like, do people even run for mayor anymore? I mean, it's usually a token gesture. Uh, Danjo's done it for the last 50, 70 years. Uh, if people do it, they do it as a joke or on a on a bet. Uh, I mean, yeah, people do it. People like out of towners who have only like just moved into town and have seen the situation that you've seen and have done against the mayor. And then the people who've been in town for years and years and years are like, well, there's no alternative. Some of them do it out of fear. Some of it do it out of a genuine like love of the mayor. He's a divisive character. Yeah, no kidding. <sighs> Is there a city council? There are, like, uh, a small group of concerned individuals, uh, generally consisting of merchants, and uh, there's no officially elected city council, no. Okay. Well, that's a, that could be a start, at least. <laughs> Cherish is just like muttering these ideas yeah. under <laughs> As you turn away from the mayor and like begin muttering to yourself and like look away, across the campfire at the other edge of the campsite, you see a large chest sitting at the edge of the firelight. Like just out of nowhere? Just out of nowhere come away from your conversation with the mayor upon which you were totally focused and you turn and you just see at the other edge of the fire just a chest. Did, is that yours? And the mayor will turn look and go no. No it is not. Well it's not mine. And the mayor will, like, slowly turn and, like, look around the edge of the campsite. And as you, like, look past him as well, you see that ringing the camp at the edge of the firelight, it's just like every 20 feet or so, is another of those chests in a semicircle around your campsite. That doesn't look good. No. I mean, it's weird, but is it bad? I would say that this is bad. And he'll glance over at the horses, who have just remained, like, stock still. There. And he will <laughs> wave a hand, and suddenly the horses will start freaking out. And they'll go, oh my, that is not good. What did you do? He's been keeping them, like... Calm and buttoned up, this yes. This isn't... Yeah. This isn't... Well, I mean, this well. isn't... This is... Okay, okay, Olivia. So, like, if you were talking to someone, even if they were a vampire, and they just sort of waved their hand at a horse, and the horse started freaking out, you'd be like, oh yeah, that makes sense, that's normal. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I've read a lot of vampire books. It seems pretty normal. So you're the wrong person to ask. <laughs> so you say, "What were you doing?" And he says, "And like almost 
hurt, he says, like, I was just keeping the horses calm, but... And then that's when you see that the chests have all moved forward by about a foot <gasps> into the firelight. Oh, I hate that! Uh, I have my fire staff with me, and I'm gonna... I'm gonna... Wait, what are the spells gonna do with that? Uh, I'm gonna do a burning hands at the one that's closest to me. Okay. Um, let's find my burning hands spell. Burning hands. Burning hands. Boop. Um. What's the range on burning hands? A fifteen foot cone. Okay, you'd have to get closer. It's How about, much closer? It's about twenty-five feet out from where you are, so about ten feet. Okay. I want to be like, yeah. I just want to be as close as I can to get it, but like not any closer. <laughs> I don't really like these these self moving chests very much. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, it does have to make a dex saving throw, and it's a chest. I hope to God that it. Okay, <laughs> I mean, you know what? You could have said like, "Okay," and then did it, and that would have been so much worse. It sprouts little like spider legs and just like little little. <laughs> okay, that's oh forty six, not fifty six. That would be silly. Mm, yes, that would be so. <laughs> 16 fire damage. Okay. As the chest nimbly leaps over your cone <laughs> of fire, <laughs> scorched Wait, did it make slightly. A save? Yes, it absolutely did. Um, of 19 <laughs> to save. Um, <laughs> okay, well, it still took 8 damage. It is slightly singed, and it lets out a horrifying screech. I hate that. As it comes hurtling down towards you, the chest parting at its center like a large sideways clamshell. Not with the chest-like thing open, but the chest itself splits down the center and opens up as That's jagged rows of way. teeth on either side appear, and a long pseudopod-like tongue whips out as this thing hurtles down towards your face. I think it is thou time to say you can find us on Twitter at MattComRPG. <laughs> we also have an email address, which is materialcomponents at gmail.com. MaterialcomponentsRPG at gmail.com. We always love hearing from all of our listeners. Uh, yeah, we do. Um, hey, I'm Elliot. Uh, this is my final episode on the podcast. <laughs> is about to get uh, completely mauled by a mimic. Just look mimic, at it go. Mimic, mimic. A flock of them. A herd. What do you call a group uh, of mimics? I was just about to say. Why uh, are we... they in the desert? What is this? Grove, why don't you tell us about this? <laughs> it's just herds of mimics. How did you what? make it through the wastelands with all this shit? I'm just imagining Smiles, like nothing but skin and bones. <laughs> I'm just imagining like a gal like they're galloping across the the <laughs> wasteland. This is sickening to me. Uh, I am on Twitter at Elliot C. Lewis. Um yes, come give me come give your eulogies for Cherish. 
I got 14 AC, y'all. It's, it's not. Yeah, this is not going to work out well for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CryOutOlivia. Um, let's talk about fish. Let's talk about what, about what type of fish you like to eat. You have fish? What fish are you? What sort of fish are you? Uh, come hang out. <laughs> um... Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram at bonus. Um, yeah, don't don't message me about fish. Don't, <laughs> don't do that. Uh, in fact, uh, let's not talk about fish. Uh, let me know what your favorite drink is. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's yeah. in? Yeah. What is in the mayor's wet bar? Yeah. Let us know. Other than Bloody Mary mix, obviously. <laughs> um, no, it's not Bloody Mary mix. He's it's just blood. He's got on several gallons Mary ready to go. Yeah. Uh, and I am not on social media, but uh, what you can do, uh, which we would all very much appreciate, is go to whatever platform you listen to this podcast and rate us. You know, let us know what you think. And uh, yeah, we love hearing from you guys. So please do. Hell, you should do that on platforms you don't listen to the podcast on. Yeah. All of the platforms. Yeah. Tumblr, um, <laughs> LinkedIn. MySpace. LinkedIn. Please yeah. review Friendster. us on LinkedIn. <laughs> please, oh, please. I'll make us a. I'll, I'll make us a LinkedIn page, guys. All mine. Okay, cool. Nice. <laughs> also, really, really fast. Blood and sand is a cocktail. Oh, then that's yeah. it. That's yeah. the, that's the drink. And of course, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at mk gargani. Uh, please let me know what a a herd of mimics is called. Because yes. I, I, I desperately want to know. I, I'm thinking it is an antique sale of mimics. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a mouthful, though. Yeah, it yeah, is. So yeah, I yeah. Some, a horde. Something I like soiree. Yeah. Oh, a soiree of mimics. Yeah. That's not bad. And a horde of, is good, too, though. Yeah, horde's not bad. Uh, and, of course, you can follow our good, good friend Omatep over on Twitter at NPC underscore AN because even when he is not being harried by mimics, uh, he is of course an important NPC. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. And Oh, by the way, uh, thank you to everyone who tuned in to watch uh, Dreadwood fairy tales. That is of course still ongoing uh, where you can see me DMing more hag nonsense and Elliot dealing with said hag nonsense. Uh, <laughs> Nana- I'm a pirate princess. Nana Rotgum yeah. is no more, but uh, what are we going to do about old Agnes Kitten Murder? We shall see. <laughs> Look, these hag names just get sillier as we go on. <laughs> so, again, thank you all so much for listening. As always, the world is chaos, so please be kind to one another. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. See ya.